Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative conservative radio of the net. Kicking down the wall. Blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches, and you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. The Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening to uncooperativeradio.com. And I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Say hello, Susan. Hello, American Patriots. What are we talking about this evening? Well, on Thursdays, we start the show with the Pledge of Allegiance. And Halloween is Saturday. It's also known as Sam Hain and uh, Pagan Religions. So we'll tell you what that means. China is not our friend. Did you know that? Yes. Well, it seems nobody else does. And then a new segment, which we didn't get to last time, This Day in History. Then Regulations Suck and the Most Popular Halloween Candy by State for 2015, if we get to it, to lighten it up a little bit. It's not looking promising, (laughs) considering last show. (laughs) All right. Patriots, hand of a heart, face a flag, you don't have a flag, get a flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Yes, wouldn't that be nice if we had liberty and justice for all? We're working on it. All right, Susan's going to read from her book about Sam Hain. She's really interested in all this. Stuff. Well, we do all different types of beliefs here, except, you know, Islam, because it's a cult. We just rag on that. Yeah, we don't too talk about satanic cults much. Yeah, you do. You talk, you, you, you rag on them too. <laughs> well, they're just idiots, but. Uh, <laughs> they're a joke, really. Well. That's why they're not dangerous. They don't even take themselves seriously. This is their However, <laughs> thanks to evil uh, upsurge recently since Obamaist was president, instead of having one satanic temple out in some place, Long Island, New York, now we got to pop it up all over the place. Well, and this is their favorite hol- holiday, Halloween. Oh yes, but for the wrong reasons. I know. <laughs> this is not really. It's not really an evil holiday, people. It's, That's why I want to read 13, this. Thirteen is not an unlucky number. <laughs> I know. 
That's why I read this to educate you. This is The Sabbaths, A New Approach to Living the Old Ways by Eden McCoy. The Sabbath called Samhain has many meanings. Among these, it marks the end of the third and final harvest. It is a day to commune with and remember the dead, and it is a celebration of the eternal cycle of reincarnation. Doesn't sound too satanic to me. There are two possible sources for the origin of the Samhain Sabbath's name. One is from the Aryan god of death, Samara, and the other is from the Irish Gaelic word. I am never going to be able to say that word. Well, you should think I can read Gaelic. Because you, you can do all difficult words. Sam Hradehart. There you go. I would have never been able to do that. That's not right. I, right. <laughs> I, I could barely see the words. We have no light. It's like small print. I'll read that. I don't know. Which literally means the summer's end. Samhain marked the end of summer and the beginning of winter for the Celts, with the day after Samhain being the official date of the Celtic New Year. The reason the Celts chose this point in time as their New Year, rather than Yule, when the rest of Weathern pagans celebrate it, was because the sun was at its lowest point on the horizon as measured by the ancient standing stones of Britain and Ireland. See, back then, as well with our, our lifestyle now, we were more in tune with nature. Of course we were. We were, all, we were mostly agrarian. In the European tradition, Samhain is the night when the old god dies and the crone goddess mourns him deeply for the next six weeks. The popular image of her as the old Halloween hag menacingly stirring her cauldron comes from the Celtic belief that all dead souls return to her cauldron of life, death, and rebirth to await reincarnation. So the Celts believed in reincarnation. Uh, yes. So the Vikings? Uh, no. No? No. Okay. <laughs> they believed in going to Valhalla. Yeah, but they then they would be reborn to fight and then go back and fight and fight no, and fight. No, no, no. That's no. like going to heaven and saying you're being brought back to life. Gotcha. Unfortunately, the crone goddess has been an object of fear and revulsion in modern societies, and this was definitely not the way our pagan ancestors viewed her. The crone was always revered as a woman of power whose vast stores of wisdom came with her great age and the lifelong practice of her many skills. She was both the destroyer and the healer, and the grandmother and the internal womb of rebirth. Her cauldron is deeply a part of the Samhain mythos, representing the great cosmic womb in which all things are conceived, grow, and are born. The cauldron became a popular tool, tool among European witches because, unlike many pagan ritual tools, the cauldron was an everyday object needed for household chores such as cooking and cleaning. It could not be held up in the courts as evidence of witchcraft. In some pagan traditions, the cauldron replaces the cup or chalice as the ritual too representing the water element. All right. Um, da, 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 da. The when the church diabolized diabolized paganism and its deities, they began a successful campaign of fear among Christians concerning Samhain. Even today, in many parts of rural Britain and Ireland, leaving the safety of hearth and home is discouraged on this night. Are you trying to say demonic? Well, it's... Diabolical? It, yeah, but it's lized. L-I-Z-E-D. Um, yeah. Um, I just had it and I, and I lost it. <laughs> I know. Uh, let's see. Unfortunately, 
The idea of Samhain being a night of unleashed evil took hold in the collective mind, and now all manner of mayhem and violence occurs around Samhain. Though these terrors have absolutely nothing to do with the original meaning of the pagan holiday. Instead, these horrors are the creation of modern humanity's all too vivid imagination. So, that's Samhain. Diabolicalize. There you go. There you go. I knew you'd get it. <laughs> it's getting dusty in the archives. <laughs> so, that's the truth, and the horrors were invented. Yeah, the most nonsense about witchcraft and pagans is, well, just nonsense. <laughs> we we buy into a lot of things from a lot of people. We buy into this government that they're allowed to tell us we can't do this or that. And when did they become our boss? Upside down world. Upside down and backwards world. All right. Uh, no, I'm not promoting any religion. I'm just neutral about it. Just educating to the folks. It's interesting information. It can come in handy, especially if you like to debate pagans. Uh, I don't like to debate pagans and atheists. They, they come and they bother me for a little while and then they run away. Never to return. I think they have an atheist club. You know, don't go to the blacklist. Don't go there because he's too smart. And they, they swear. We're the idiots because it's superstition, and yet they're always their IQ points always seem quite a bit lower than ours. Now, before you get to China is not our friend. You had wanted to do something on the Constitution. I wanted to do something on the Constitution. Wasn't specific when. I figured we'd do it before get it you know, in the beginning. Okay. It's going to be hard to read. This is my pocketbook, so. I want to go over Article it's, 1, it's, Section 8. It's not your pocketbook. It's your pocket it constitution. But it's a book. I know, but when you say pocketbook, it sounds like a woman's pocketbook. Well, I didn't say it like that. Like you just said it. <laughs> anyway, I want to go over Article 1, Section 8. Which states, The Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes, imposts, and excises, to pay the debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. But all duties, imposts, and excises shall be uniform throughout the United States. And now we go on to the list. To borrow money on the credit of the United States. These are things that's allowed by the Constitution. To regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states and with the Indian tribes. Now, it, this is an important one because it's the one that the Supreme Court has used to destroy us. To regulate commerce means to make commerce flow. It means to make uh, commerce unimpeded. And what they had a problem with under the Articles of Confederation is one state impeding this uh, trade of another state, and so they put this in there specifically to whack their PVs. okay? That's what all of these are, actually. To establish an uniform rule of naturalization and uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies throughout the United States. Now, very important, it, these two parts are separate. 
to establish a uniform rule of naturalization. This is what the Supreme Court swears they get their power over immigration from. If it's Scalia knows that's nonsense, that we're never given power over immigration. He even said it in an offhand remark that we never gave him the power over immigration. The national government, he said federal, national government uh, took it as their own, and the people accept it, and rightly so. That is almost a verbatim what he wrote. And that's, of course, ridiculous. <laughs> uh, you, that's not how power is done around here. Suddenly it is, though, and Scalia is happy about it. Isn't Scalia like conservatives' favorite SCOTUS boy? Well, they're all violation of the Constitution, but mine's, mine's still the... Uh, Thomas Clarence there. And the, mostly because the left hates him. Uh, also, he's usually right, and he writes it plainly so anybody can understand it. You don't have to go to law school. So, to re to make it regular, like, what would be an example of that? example of that would have been when dealing with the health problems. Well, health insurance companies aren't allowed to sell across state borders, and this increases the price because it decreases competition. And what they should have done is told them, you can't stop trade from one state to another. You can't stop a business from one state from operating in your state. And that's it. That's all they should have done. That's, the, that's it. That's all they had the power to do. Well, legally. We know this is all illegal now. So... They wanted a rule of naturalization, and that, that just means, look it up, that just means making immigrants citizens. Why would they say that they want to establish a uniform rule of naturalization? What, what could, even let's think about it for a minute. Most of us know what it means that listen to this show, but let's just think about the wording for a minute. To establish a uniform rule, a uniform rule would mean uh, one that applies to all, right? Oh, so what could all be in the United States Constitution? What is there all of? The states. So it's to give the states rules that all the states have to follow. Uniform rule of naturalization, which just means becoming a citizen. So if if it's saying that Congress to establish a uniform rule of naturalization, who who's gonna follow the uniform rule of naturalization? If it's just the national government, then they didn't need a uniform rule of naturalization because there's only one. It's because it it applies to the states, making their immigrants citizens. That's right. Legally, still, the power resides within the state to have people come into their country or kick uh, their state or kick them out of the state. It's really, uh, it, there's no power for the national government to do this. Again, they took it upon themselves, and we all, the people, again, asleep at the wheel, said, oh, that's it. No. Where did they get the power from? We didn't say, okay, through an amendment process. So, nothing's changed. The states still have power over immigration, and the national government does not. 
<clears throat> it's one of my pet peeves because it's it's actually so obvious it's annoying. And uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies throughout the United States. So they're going to establish rules of naturalization and uniform rules of subject of bankruptcies throughout the United States. Again, who's in charge then? Natural uh, immigration remains with the states. Bankruptcy remains with the federal government. To coin money. Do I have to explain what that means? It seems I do. I debate this often on, on the internet. And it seems that they think to coin money means the same thing as printing money. What's the difference? One's out of, one's out of paper and one's out of gold. There's a lot of difference. One has a turgic barrel, the other one doesn't. It, the other thing is you can't mint a paper. Well, it's not really paper. It's a misnomer. It's on cotton, actually. It's not real paper. It's cotton. We call it paper. But, uh, no, you have to coin money. Making money using coins that have metals of intrinsic value. And then they have not amended the Constitution, so all printed money is unconstitutional and void. We're going to have to take as a segment that, uh, that, uh, what do you have? It's not a parody. It's a, that's like information, but it is kind of like a parody about what is money. But we'll have to make that oh, a whole no, no, segment. Oh, no, no, it's not a parody. We'll have to make that one segment, though, because it's, it's like a seven good explanation minutes. as, yeah, it's a good explanation of what, what is, what makes good currency. What makes good currency? Right. Ours doesn't. And by the way, if you think, well, back then they didn't have paper money. <clears throat> you, yeah, they did. You fail. Uh, Yes, the colonial was the colonial paper money, fiat money with no intrinsic value nonsense. Uh, it was like reserve notes. And no one would take them. The state, oh, the, the at state. At the end, <laughs> at the end, you don't let me tell my own story, says, uh, no, it, it was widely used. In the end, however, it became absolutely worthless. That's where the phrase comes as worthless as a continental, because that's what they called the money, the dollar, a continental. That's why they said, oh, no, 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 national government, you can only coin money. Because paper money always ends up worth nothing. Sooner or later, throughout history, it always happens. It's not worth anything. So if nobody's willing to take it, then it ain't, then what do you do with it? Start a fire, I guess. <laughs> Let's tell you, they're not real good at starting fire either, because like I said, they're cotton, not paper. All right, uh, let's move, move along on this. To coin money, to regulate the value thereof. There's that word thereof again. Notice how it's used in the construct of the sentence, and that's how they'll use it throughout the Constitution. It seems to cause people problem. To coin money, regulate the value thereof and of foreign coin. I think that's self-explanatory. They're going to regulate the value thereof, which means the coined money, and of foreign coin. In That's exchanged within the United States, of course. And fix the standard of weights and measures. And yes, we do. We have some under glass somewhere that, by the way, has been supposedly would last forever, but it has been slowly, slowly degrading like everything in the world. Entropy is non-escapable. 
And so it, it's gotten a little lighter over time. And they, last I checked, they haven't figured out what they want to do about that yet. Anyway, um, of foreign coin and fix the standard weights and measures to provide for the punishment of counterfeiting and the securities and current coin of the United States. Notice the continued use of the word coin. No, there's been, there was plenty of fiat currency and plenty of currency that didn't work out. Like salt, for instance, its, its biggest drawback was it when it gets wet, it melts. It's not very durable. That's one of the th requirements for a good currency is that it be durable. Chinese call our money flyaway money. I don't fly away, flyaway money. <laughs> well, the Chinese script too. It's the same thing. Um, to establish post offices and post roads, which is seriously, uh, confusing because everyone seems to think that means they can have an interstate. Uh, postal road is a difficult concept to understand, but it, it basically took postal routes, not building the roads themselves. That it, it would say specifically in it if they were allowed to build infrastructure. That is not their job. It is the job of the states and the local people. To promote the progress of science and oh, and useful arts. This is one of my favorites that the liberals love. <clears throat> this is how come the, you know, the big government up there gets to invest in things like Solyndra. Uh, no, uh, if you just stop right there, you, you, you can make, they can make you believe that's true. Right? Cause it says to promote the progress of science and useful arts. So we gotta give them money, right? That's the, that's the way the government promotes things, right? Uh, no. Comma. By securing for limited times to authors and inventors the exclusive right to their respective writings and discoveries. That is what they provide. That is how it's saying they are to promote the progress of science and useful arts. So, copyrights, trademarks, patents, all of which Obaminus just had changed from first file, from a first invented to first file, just so we could be in sync with Europe, because you know, that new world order, we're getting closer to it. You're going to see more and more stuff get lopped off like your guns. They can't do nothing until they take our guns. Well, they can do what they're doing, but if they declare martial law and come for everyone's guns, it's going to be hard for people not to give them up. There'll be a percentage that won't until they run out of ammo and they get killed, but we don't want it to come to this. To constitute tribunals inferior to the Supreme Court means they're allowed to create courts that that are inferior in the federal system to the Supreme Court. To whatever to whatever the ends in Article 3, Section 2, and that's it. Not a stick more. Yes, the courts are unconstitutional. To define and punish piracies and felonies 
committed on the high seas. Notice it doesn't say within the United States of America. And offenses against, get this, the law of nations. And what did I tell you they referenced heavily in the Constitutional Convention? Emmerich Dave Vitell's Law of Nations. To declare war. That had, that, now this is important. Constitutional scholars get this wrong because they read the Federalist Papers and not Madison's notes on the Constitutional Convention. The pep, pep, look, there's lies all throughout there by Hamilton that, that they were just arguments for ratification. Not something supposed to be, you know, given the ultimate education. And, uh, I don't care what Thomas Jefferson said out of context. But to declare war meant to put on all the nations on notice that we are officially at war with Nation X. And if anybody helps Nation X even trades with them during this time, that is an act of war and your ships and or planes will be targeted. Or trucks. Whatever. That's what it means. It has international legal ramifications. That is why we have rarely ever declared war. And never did we wait for a declaration of war or even an okay from Congress for the commander-in-chief to go to war. Absolutely not. It says the president is commander-in-chief. It doesn't say he's commander-in-chief after Congress declares war, which they would have had to say if that's what they wanted to mean, but they don't. Sorry. I know you think that's a gotcha, but it's not. But if you have good, proper control of the both houses and we give the, the Senate back to the states, this would be a whole different world with just that change. Now, second change would get you to understand that to define war has nothing to do with our first war with the fuzzy muzzy pirates. There was no declaration of war. Jefferson said the fleet, and he waited till they were too far to be called back, and then he told Congress about it. That's it. And Congress said, "Oh well, we got to do something about this. Well, well, we we have to be involved somehow." And so they they guess what they did? Exactly the same thing Congress does today. They authorize the use. Of force. That's it. No declaration of war. Why? Thomas Jefferson certainly understood the Constitution. So why did he, why did he send the fleet to go kill the fuzzy muzzies before even telling Congress about it? Well, for one thing, you don't want you don't want to leak too much information like that because it takes like forever to get there. It's, you know, probably took like probably took a month or more. So, no, the declaration of war is something you do not want to mess around with. It can have very, very widespread ramifications. Because you're, you're obligated to defend that declaration once you do it. Which means if either you make people suffer who don't listen, which means going to war with other countries, or you look like someone who's never going to, it doesn't matter what you say because you're not going to enforce it anyway. So it's like the world looks at us right now. Now, where was I? Um, tribunals and piracies. <laughs> to declare war 
comma, grant letters of marquee and reprisal, and make rules concerning the captures on land and water. That's only on land and water of where the enemy is captured. Everybody knows what mark and reprisal means. That means basically saying uh, these people were found guilty of this violation against the country. You can take their, you can board their ships and take their stuff at will. They owe us X amount of money. They haven't been paid, so feel free to take all the money off all the ships you can and, and get it back to us, and you will get a blah, 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 finder's fee, you know. Right, but they did that specifically because they, the British were just randomly going on our ships and taking our people captive and making them slaves or ha making them kill somebody else, you know, kill our own people. That's why that had to be like that. Not really. Market reprisal is about privateers. Private ship owners being able to, to, what's whatever, enforce justice on the said ship or ships that have a market reprisal against. Market reprisal says specifically what the charges were, and that's why the reprisals must happen. And it's perfectly legal. So basically, they legalize piracy. To raise and support armies. Why would they have to raise it all the time if they weren't always around? Appro uh, stick together. There you go. To raise and support armies, but, but, no appropriations of money to the, to that use shall be for a longer term than two years. Now, this is also one of the parts that everybody seems to quote incorrectly. They say it says, in peacetime. For some reason, you always hear that, uh, that they're not allowed to pay for the army uh, for longer than two years in peacetime. And since whenever in peacetime, that doesn't happen. It doesn't say that in the Constitution. It, that word is not there. Those two words are not there. It says, appropriation of money to that use shall be for a longer term than two years, semicolon. That's it. That's like, you could end the sentence there, but you're not. So, that's it. You can't, you cannot appropriate money for more than two years for, for a standing army. End of conversation. The army is not constitutional. We don't need a standing army. We've got the militia, unorganized and organized, and that's what's supposed to defend all all it's in the you know it's in u.s code the militia it is all the males between the age of 18 and 45 it's in there so if you don't believe in the mission of the second amendment the reason to have guns it's right there and they define the militia for you and with that we're going to go to a short break it's young cooperative radio show you stay tuned because we'll be right back <laughs> You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there's certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? 
If you are successful at what you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45, non-tobacco user, could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policy of $500,000 and above. A man aged 50, non-tobacco user, may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers too. Call the Term Lifeline now. 800-430-1891 Grandma, can you come out and play? Sure, Ellie. Oh my, you might want to come here and help Grandma. What's the matter, Grandma? Can't you stand? Oh, sorry, honey. It's my knees. They don't work the way they used to. Does this ever happen to you? Are you on Medicare? You may qualify for a pain-relieving knee brace at little or no cost to you. Call the health hotline to see if you qualify. Our friendly agents are standing by 24-7 to help you. We also have braces for your shoulder, ankle, or back pain. And if you're covered by Medicare, you may qualify for free delivery. Grandma, slow down. I can't keep up. Maybe you can use a knee brace too, Ellie. (laughs) Catch me if you can, kiddo. Call now to get your pain-relieving knee brace. 800-368-6704. 800-368-6704. That's 800-368-6704. Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 That's 800-764-9168. Okay. Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. And we are in Article 1, Section... Always get this wrong. 8, 8, that's it. Section 8 of the Constitution. If you have your pocket Constitution handy, go ahead and... Read along! Read along with us. If not, (laughs) you might want to get one for free over at Heritage. You have to look around a bit, but it's there. They'll send you a free one. All right, uh, so we're continuing with the same clause. This was all the same clause. To raise and support armies, but no appropriations of money 
to that use shall be for a longer term than two years. To provide and maintain a navy, semicolon, to make rules for the government and regulation of the land and naval forces, UCMJ, that's what that means, and provide and maintain a navy are only constitutional standing military forces supposed to be a navy. Now, I, I would, I would think, I would consider amending the Constitution to include an Air Force, except that we already have, every state has an Air National Guard, so we're, we're good. Yeah, just bring them back to the states. Right. No, no, there won't be no bases outside of the United States because that's, that's another thing. Really not give, they really hadn't given them the power to do that. Now, obviously during war, but not during peacetime. And the thing that I've been talking to a couple of people about, why and all that is holy are our men and women still on bases all over Europe when Europe is burning? They are in extreme danger right now. Right, that's why they need them there to help protect the Germans. That's why they're there. You don't understand. And they're there to protect us. They're to protect our allies. So that would be Europe. That's what they're there for. Yeah, I so know. So why would you pull them when, the, when it all's going to hell? You know, they might need <laughs> the military to put down this military that they're letting in. Again, all young males between the age of 18 and 45 is what majority of them lately have been going into Europe, not a wife to be found, not a baby to be found, all males of fighting age. Why would you, why would they all be coming in mass into countries like that? That's an invasion. Yes, it's, evil's on the move and Islam is the religion of Lucifer and it is on the move. It is slated to take over the world, whether you're a Christian or a Muslim. Their happy times is our end times. See, these are the ones that are going to burn that are going to make us all burn to make the set the world on fire the nutcase from the desert will will set up world war three lots of stuff but i I, throughout history but we all know what the muzzies are going to do because there's a trail through history that explains exactly how they behave and they haven't changed one bit since the sixth century okay to provide for organizing, arming, and disciplining the militia. That's straightforward. And for governing such part of them as may be employed in the service of the United States, reserving to the states respectively the appointments of the officers and the authority of training the military according to the discipline prescribed by Congress. That just means... They're going to have the same uniforms, the same ammo, the same weapons, the same training. And they this went back to them because they noticed that uh, there was a big problem trying to get the militias to integrate with the army because, well, they didn't train the same. They didn't have the same ammo. They didn't have the same weapons and the same uniform. And, uh, so that's why all this saying is saying that's what they're supposed to provide. Right. And, the second and then they're ma- supposed to tell, provide a manual training for the states to administer and train, not the national government. And I'm so sick of everybody saying when it comes to the Second Amendment, oh, you want an Uzi? Yes. Please, too. I want two double-barrel sawed-off shotguns, actually, in a in a special double shotgun rig. They make them. Well, didn't you, don't you always say whatever the Army has, we're entitled? Well, that 
even going by the SCOTUS's decision, I forget the something v something Crookshank, I think. Uh, but it, it yeah, it was it was the guy made a sawed-off shotgun and he was arrested for it. And the, they argued that he has right to keep bare arms under the Second Amendment. And the judge decided that that's absolutely true. But we're only entitled to the same weapons that the military carried. Since the military didn't carry sawed-off shotguns, you weren't allowed to have them. That's a fa that's a famous landmark ruling. So if we're allowed to carry everything the military, we should have fully automatic ARs. We should have rocket launchers, grenade launchers, sorry, uh, flashbangs, uh, shoulder shoulder fired rockets because they carry those. Well, so yeah, everything they do, and yes, bazookas. We don't have bazookas anymore. Just, just stop making yourselves seem more ridiculous than you already are. We, there are no bazookas, so we can't, how can we have one? We could have shoulder fire rockets that are much better than bazookas. They're both, of course, shoulder fired, but the new shoulder fired, they even have wire guided shoulder fired rockets. So you can guide it in flight to hit the target. And yes, the military carries those, so we can. No, we can't have tanks, cause you can't carry one. Just like they couldn't have cannons back then, cause, well, Everybody understood that you couldn't bear a cannon. Only a horse could. So the horse has a right to the care of cannons, but not us, right? So cannons, vehicles, all that stuff we're not entitled to, but we are entitled to all the armament that the military has, according to even the stupid, idiotic federal courts. That was a Supreme Court ruling. Uh where was that? Blah, 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 uh, blah, 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 militia. And for governing such part of them as may be employed in the service of the United States, reserving to the states respectively the appointment of officers. That's important. In other words, all the officers in charge are under the control of the state government, not the federal government. Oh, but they pass legislation. They, they nationalize it's a, the state guard. You can't pass legislation to do something they don't have the power to do. And I'm reading you their whole power. They don't have the power. So anyway, and also don't forget we covered discipline and uh, training according to prescribed by Congress. Now the discipline would be the UCMJ, the Uniform Code of Military Justice. If you've ever heard UCMJ before, Uniform Code of Military Justice, not injustice, justice. All right, move on. To exercise exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such district not exceeding 10 miles square as may by session of particular states and the acceptance of Congress. That's just saying uh, it's defining where the district is, where the where they have jurisdiction as the national court, the federal court. The general, uh, the, uh, general government, rather. And cessation of particulars, it's talking about cessation of land. In other words, giving, the 10 miles square was actually given up by, I think it was, it was two or three states that together that made the District of Columbia. And then, of course, it was the worst land they had. It was swamp land. <laughs> uh, they knew where the national government belonged. Well, because. And besides, it doesn't matter if it's swamp land and mosquitoes because you're only, you only have to be there. One month a year, right. and that's December. Right. That's that's why they didn't care because they didn't en envision 
people living there. Yeah, well, it wouldn't have any other use for the state, so it's like, yeah, we didn't care about nature back then. There was plenty of nature. <clears throat> All right, where is I? Speaking of Washington, D.C., I just saw a study today that they have the highest rate of alcoholism in Washington, D.C. Cool. I, I, that's probably because all the like the cockroaches there they do nothing but drink in horror oh read books on it uh, Ted, uh, what, what was tom, it? DeLay. tom delay has a good book on it that's that's the culture he fell right into it finds cigar, cuban cigars that are illegal finds scotch beautiful women amongst christian conservative married men too some christians huh not to mention not a conservative um, become the seat of the Congress of the United States and to exercises like authority over all places purchased by the consent of the legislature of the state in which the same shall be for the erection of forts, magazines, arsenals, dockyards, and other needful buildings. It doesn't say preserved land, national parks, national forest, the BLM. None of that's in here. It's all unconstitutional. It goes on, and to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into execution the foregoing powers, foregoing powers, and all other powers vested by the Constitution in the government of the United States. In other words, if, if they have the power to do so granted by us in the Constitution, then they can do that. But we, they don't. We don't. And that's that. All right. Um, foregoing powers, meaning all the powers enumerated, hence, and all meaning and the ones that come after that are added as well, because for, don't forget there are going to be amendments. There's amendment process that we Forgot about somehow we don't use, but now it's too late because nobody knows what the Constitution is supposed to look like, how it's supposed to operate, and uh, they can't fix it. We the people broke it. The only way to fix it is to take our state governments back and have them reassert their constitutional sovereignty. Kick the federal government out of the state where they don't have a constitutional right to be, as in all parks, monuments, whatever they want to call them, national forests, BLM, none of that is allowed by the Constitution, and therefore it reverts back to the states. I know, I'm very radical. So any uh, government of the United States or in any department or office thereof. That's Article 1, Section 8. That's the, the needful and proper clause you heard. It's yes, it's needful and proper. It's the Supreme Court land. Only laws made pursuant to the Constitution. All other laws are void. They don't exist. They can only make laws pursuant to this. That's it. If it ain't in here, they can't do it. That's how you look at it. If it's not in here, they can't do it. And then there's specific things they're told they can do and can't do. Nine is the one, is the can't. I should remember that because it's no in German. Nine. So, eight is explaining and granting powers. And nine is, oh, no, you won't. Because you did under the Articles of Confederation. And we're not having any more of this. 
if you if you get confused about studying Madison's notes and some of this stuff wasn't covered in convention, go back and read the Articles of Confederation. You'll find that some of it was ported into the Constitution, or you could say the or the Articles of Confederation were amended by the convention, whichever way you want to look at it. Uh, and so they're not as it's in here, but it's not necessarily in. They never discussed it in convention because. It was just carried forth from the Articles of Confederation. It was done in the uh, Committee of Style. That's who wrote the whole thing, the Committee of Style. They put all the wording together, the legal ease. That was legal ease back in the day. And where can folks go to listen to this convention? Well, you can go to patriotspub.us, patriotspub.us. U.S. history, the Constitution, the Founding Fathers, just the facts. No politics, just facts. Make up your own mind. Uh, you will know the Constitution better than anybody, period. There will be no, dis no way you could be wrong if you study, if you study diligently. Now you could read or you could read along with the show, which also is important that we don't just do this. We put the whole founding of the nation in perspective. So you could understand why they wanted to do the things they wanted to do. You'll just know the facts. You'll, you don't have to, uh, you just don't tell your pointy head professor that you're taking a U.S. history class because it's not gonna, it's not gonna jive with the facts. So if you want to get into a fight with them, go ahead. But I mean, more power to you. But understand this could affect your grades. This could affect your future. And if that's the case, well, I would advise you to shut up because, oh, I'd advise you not to go to college anyway. I think it's a colossal waste of money and it's an indoctrination center. It's a very unhealthy environment and nobody should have to go there. It's child abuse all over again, except now it's adult abuse. Even though we still think of them as our children, they're adults in college, right? They're used to consider them adult over 18, now it's 21. It's pretty amazing. You can go get killed in combat, but you can't buy a beer. That's kind of stupid. People could die for the country they can't drink. Sounds stupid. If that's the case, raise the age to 21 for the military. Should be required to be 21 years of age to be in the military. And why would you give a fully automatic weapon to someone who can't drink a beer? I mean, come on, you don't trust them with beer. Right? Fully automatic AR, I mean, you know, with grenade launchers. You know, and you called it? I cannot believe. Once again, hon, you called it. You said once they started putting women in these combat, uh, positions, the next thing was to the, the draft, and there is a bill in that Congress is, yes, they are for women the draft. Yep, for there drafting is. women. But the good news is, well, the bad news is, if you're gonna get a, if you're gonna go to school, and you're gonna want any federal grants or lo student loans because they took over the student loans too, if you want any of that, you have to, you have to sign up for that. If you don't, you will be barred from taking any federal aid for anything, which is unconstitutional. The draft. Of course, it's... Okay. All, it's all const constitutional. There's no, nothing constitutional about they anything. Said, they said raise an army. <laughs> they didn't say conscript an army. There is absolutely nothing constitutional in our country at all no, anymore. And, and to top it all off, which amendment is it directly in violation of? Uh, servitude. 13th Amendment, which bars involuntary servitude right. what is the draft involuntary servitude it's it's uh you didn't go down on your on your own and say hey i want to be in the military oh no no they said you have to no 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 they're not allowed to do that that if you're allowed to conscript 
is supposed to raise. That means a volunteer army. We have an old volunteer army. Uh, yeah, I understand. It's also a standing army, which is unconstitutional. I'm sorry for all the people in the army that would lose their jobs, uh, but frankly, we can't afford you anyway until there's a war. We need to focus on the Navy. The Navy has has planes on a floating island that you control. It has the Marines, which is going to cut by 100,000, by the way. You know how long it will take to replace 100,000 Marines? It, are there any Marines left after 100,000? That's a lot of Marines. Uh, they take the training. Marines have the toughest training of the non-special forces military. Within their own ranks, they have special forces that no one ever talks about. They're called uh, Force Recon. Force Recon is their is the Marines' version of special forces. Yes, but I know Marines are trained to such a high level. Uh, they are really special forces as well, but. That these are cut above the force recon. They won't be, they won't be landing on beaches and such. They'll be, they'll be doing things in other in other ways, like Navy SEALs will also be doing. They have the SEALs as well. What one? There's only one one branch of special ops that is I consider superior to Navy SEALs. Sorry, I really love you guys, but the Army's Delta Force. Of course, they'll have to be something else because there's no Army anymore. So they're going to have to be Navy Delta Force, I guess. It's the only way they can stick around. Uh, and then we want them to stick around. They're the most highly trained special ops group. They were designed decades ago to fight terrorists. I mean, that's what their job was, to find and kill terrorists all over the world. And they still do that today. Nobody talks about them. That's how you know they're kind of important because nobody talks about them. You don't want people talking about you. Your secret spec ops group all right um so we did our due diligence with the constitution i've explained it as best i can there's no give and take here so if you still don't understand it i still say go to patriotspub.us and you will understand it better than just listening to me here on this show another one to go to by the way is women of the revolution that's susan's project with that she does with another host um who's very into history as well susan just got interested in history you know because well she lives with me i guess it's kind of hard kind of hard to miss it i know uh so yeah 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 don't worry about it if you don't understand it patriotspub.us women of the revolution blogtalkradio.com no Oh, no, talk that's right, talk show. Yeah. You don't have your talk show cast? I, I do. Get I do. I'll, I'll get it after the break. All right, we'll tell later. I didn't even get to start. It's a break. <laughs> it's a hard break. I got to go. It's the Uncooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be back. Earth Angel Mine, a radon health mine nestled between the pristine mountains of Basin, Montana, was established in 1953. The Earth Angel Health Mine has been the bastion of health for people with chronic diseases, including arthritis, diabetes, gout, fibromyalgia, and much more. Earth Angel Health Mine's accommodations include cabins, generous RV parking with hookups, and tent camping. It is open year-round, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Tours of the mine are available during the day only. Earth Angel Health Mine 
also offers a community spirit, which includes a weekly tailgate party where guests and locals enjoy each other's company and share their health stories. They also offer tours of surrounding attractions in the Gold West region of Montana. The Earth Angel Mine can be found on the web at www.earthangelmine.com or call 406-225-3516. Reservations are highly recommended. Again, you can contact Earth Angel Health Mine on the web at www.earthangelmine.com or call 406-225-3516. Earth Angel Health Mine. Come for the health, but stay for the hospitality. Because after all, it's all in the mind. Okay, we got a little humor for you here called You Might Be a Liberal Too by Popular Demand. If you think Rosie O'Donnell is intelligent, you might be a liberal. If you think Hillary Rotten Clinton is hot, you might be a liberal. If you hug trees more often than your spouse, you might be a liberal. If you think Al Gore knows anything about science, you might be a liberal. If you think the rich are not taxed enough, you might be a liberal. If you think Bill Clinton did not have sexual relations with that woman, you might be a liberal. If comedian Al Franken's voice turned you on, oh, you might be a liberal. If you think Michael Moore knows anything about being healthy, uh, you might be a liberal. If you like watching The View, you might be a liberal. If you have fainted at an Obama rally, you might be a liberal. If you get all your news from John Stewart, you might be a liberal. If you think the federal government is operating within its constitutional limits, uh, you might be a liberal. If your favorite family movie is an inconvenient truth, you might be a liberal. If you think John McCain is a true conservative, you might be a liberal. And finally, if you think Maxine Waters, Democrat of California, is not a left-wing liberal progressive socialist commie fascist bastard, uh, you might be a liberal. We built this city. You didn't build that. Build that. We built this city on rock and roll. That's the reason I'm running for president because I still believe in that idea. You didn't build that. You didn't build that. Coming soon, John McCain and Lindsey Graham star in the tender sequel to Brokeback Mountain, Return to Saddlesore Canyon. You know, Lindsey, you spend a few days out on the campaign trail, away from all the other Republicans, with nothing but your horse, the press, and a few thousand sheep to lead. Well, it makes a man think different, feel different. You know what I mean? 
You want another back rub? Sure. Then we'll make s'mores. Uh, what shall we do about evil? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Uh, 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 evil exists. We see it all the time. In the streets, Darfur, but not in Iraq at any time. We need to be humble and not have a spine. Defeated. Defeated. Let me just say, uh... Welcome back to the Cooperative Radio Show. Okay, so I have the information to the women of the revolution on TalkShoe.com. And the idea ID is 139235. 139235. We discuss and enlighten you about the many accomplishments that women did during the revolution and the lies that you've been told. Or you could do a search for women of the revolution on the internet, or you can even put talk shoe women of the revolution and find it that way and go right to it. In case you didn't have your pencil and pen or paper handy so that you can write things down. Always here, always. Uh, everything's <laughs> falling apart. And oh yes, welcome back to hour two of the Uncooperative Radio Show. <clears throat> China is not our friend. No duh. From the as Oceated Press. China said Thursday it would allow all married couples to have two children, signaling the end after 35 years to its drastic and unpopular one-child policy that has been blamed for skewing the gender balance, forcing women into unwanted abortions, and bringing about a rapidly aging workforce. This is exactly why the left fights tooth and nail for abortion. They believe that their government is going to have to control population, which means telling you how many babies you can and cannot have. If there's no abortion, that can't happen. So, yeah, that's my puzzle. There's a reason. They are going to use abortion as a tool when they're in power, much more than it's used right now, as it was intended. Uh, They're going to do it, and I'm sorry to break it to you black folk out there, but they're coming for you. Once they don't need your vote anymore, you're toast. <laughs> they don't want you. Eugenics, watch it happen. So, China's still forcing abortions. There's still only allowed two children. So, there's got to be still abortions, but they're allowing two now. Because, I don't know, they want to double their population. I find it odd, because their economy's in the tank, but, you know... I'm not communist, so what can I say? I can't figure out why they would want to do such a thing. But on the left, I know why. This is why. They will be enforcing population limits on oh, the people they don't like the most. Let's see. I know they got a black president, but, but wait a minute. Is it like Margaret Sanger, the person who invented abortion, Planned Parenthood? Heck, Planned Parenthood gives out 
award in her name, and Hitler got it for doing the most to kill off the unwanted babies award. Now, what she said she wanted to do, she wanted to get rid of the brown people because they're inferior. They're inferior to white European stock and therefore must be purged. Um, she was against the disabled. Anybody that would not be productive to the state must be exterminated. That's where, that's Margaret Sanger. That's where Planned Parenthood comes from. There was, there's a reason most Planned Parenthood places are oh, just either in the ghetto or right near the ghetto. You just don't get it. That's, again, a democrat. What do they want to do? Kill black people. The opposite of King Shabazz Shmish Boo Boo, who wants to kill him some cracker babies. Oh, white cracker babies. The decision was the most significant easing of strict population policies that were long considered some of the ruling Communist Party's most onerous intrusions into family life. And why does the UN do nothing about it? Why did the UN say not speak up about it? Again, because they believe in using abortion as a tool to control population, especially of the unwashed masses. So, into family life, and had been gradually relaxed in recent years. Many rural families and some urban ones already were able to have two children. The news elated 36-year-old Su Wahua Weihua of Gangshao, who said she now plans to get pregnant next year and that she is eager for her eight-year-old daughter to have a sibling. Man, that kid's going to hate that baby. <laughs> Eight years old already? Oh, man. <clears throat> I have looked forward to this for so many years, even had dreams about it. I cried every time when I woke up and realized it wasn't yet true. I thought it was so unfair, Sue said. I don't do not care if the second child is a boy or a girl. At my age, as long as he or she is healthy. The party's central committee said in a statement that the decision was to improve the balanced development of population and to deal with an aging population. The official Xinhua news agency said the proposal must be approved by the top legislature before it is enacted, which is essentially a formality. It gave no indication of when that would happen. The move may not spur a huge baby boom, however, in part because fertility rates are believed to be declining even without the policy's enforcement. Previous easings of the one-child policy have spurred fewer births than expected in many people among China's younger generation see smaller families as ideal. Demographers worry the change will not be in time to reverse the declining fertility rate. The good news is that it is here. The bad news is it is too little too late, said Kai Yong, a sociology, sociology professor at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Oh, isn't it nice having our little Prague? Uh, the statement followed the committee's meeting this week to chart China's economic and social development through 2020, 
In recent years, it has been unusual for such plenary sessions to result in major decisions. They generally focus on economic topics, and there was no indication that this one would take action on the one-child policy. China, which has the world's largest population at 1.4 billion people, introduced the one-child policy in 1979 as a temporary measure to curb a then-surging population and limit the demands for water and other resources. Soon after it was implemented, rural country couples were allowed two children if their firstborn was a girl. Ethnic minorities were also allowed one more, uh, allowed more than one child. Chinese families with a strong preference for boys have sometimes resorted to aborting female fetuses, a practice that has upset the ratio of male to female babies. <laughs> Too many men, not enough females. That's not a good thing. I, I see polygamy in, in their future. China has rates of up to 115 boys per 100 girls at birth. Compared with that are considered normal rates at birth of about 107 boys to 100 girls, which is uh, a whopping change of, you got it, eight? <laughs> it's with it, so they're considered normal. <coughs> the imbalance makes it difficult for some men to find wives and is believed to fuel the trafficking of women as babies, I mean as brides. What the heck just happened? Uh-huh, that's what happened. Uh, <laughs> sorry, my uh, word processor just went crazy. I had the, uh, <laughs> it seems that the wheel works even if you hover over something on the mouse. Learn something new every day. The decision was the most significant easing of strict population policies that were long considered some of the ruling Communist Party's most onerous. The news elated 36-year-old... Why am I repeating this? Oh, right, it went crazy. Uh, healthy, no indication what happened. Do we move in Papa Benji Boom, blah, 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 young, sociology, statement filed, one, one child policy, blah, blah, blah. The statement filed the committee's meeting last week. Um, and anyway, it's social development through 2020. China, which is the world's population at 1.4 billion, introduced the one child policy in 1979 as a temporary measure to curb then surging population and limit the demands for water and other resources. Soon after it was implemented, rural couples were all allowed two children if their firstborn was a girl. I know I've read this before, but I wanted to emphasize that. This is unbelievable. It didn't work out. So now they're re-engineering? Their, their government never stops social engineering. That's what our government wants to be. They're pretty, they're almost there. All right, so I left off with uh, the trafficking of women as brides. Couples who broke the rules have been forced to pay a fee in proportion to their income. In some cases, rural families saw their livelihood in the form of their pigs and chickens taken away. Couples have at times been pressured to consent to abortions or sterilization by local family planning officials or threatened with the loss of their jobs if they work as teachers or in other public sector jobs. 
Now, the first one that you said about the tax, that's exactly what they did with Obamacare. Right. Then the other one <laughs> that they're... Uh, Had their pigs and chickens taken away. Well, the other, the other one after that, more people that are on the government dole and on the government workforce or government pay uh, check, they can threaten us with taking all that stuff away from us if we don't comply, just like they do in China. Well, they can't legally do it. They're trying to. Well, they they can. can intimidate you. No, they you. can do it, but it won't. It isn't legal. Not, they don't have that power in the Constitution, therefore it's illegal. I know, but they're doing it already. Everything they're doing is illegal. They're talking, except collect taxes and make war. They're talking about sterilizing. No taxes, too. They're not flat. They're talking about, and they are promoting sterilization of our young women. Yep. Right now. Yep. Even when European whitey Caucasian folks, they're dwindling. They're not having babies, especially since all the progs don't want to have babies. Uh, you know, they got career, separate careers and all that. So that's the good news. Conservatives are at least breeding and uh, progs aren't. But you would think they would before this because, well, you and I both know, again, we go back to Margaret Sager, this is going to be, learn just the minorities, and this is going to be just more of the same. Uh, it, nowhere near this yet because they're not going to do this if we still can shoot them. I don't think they're that brave. Who knows? They did arm every stinking bureaucracy up there. That's right. They're civilians in a bureaucratic. Why are they being armed? They're not supposed. They don't have police powers. They're not supposed to be enforcement. What's going on? That's Obama's private police force. And they're taking over, by the way. They're federalizing the police. This is going to be. Remember, we're in a police state already. This is going to make it oh so much worse. If the governments take national government takes direct control of the local police and sheriffs, that first of all you're not gonna, they're not going to be able to do it with sheriffs in many places. Uh, they don't have to, they're not, they're elected. They don't answer to anybody but the people. There's already sheriffs coming out <laughs> saying that they wouldn't do it. No, even if he made an executive order, they're not going to do it. Even <laughs> if executive order is illegal, so don't listen to it. I mean, really, just say no, okay? Any just executive no. order that affects we the people is unconstitutional. And that's just a fact. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, they've also been, I uh, said, pressured for to consent to abortions or sterilization by local family planning officials. Family planning. Planned Parenthood. Oh, my God. Look at the. Where do you think they got the idea from? Well, Margaret Sanger was an American, you know. I, I do know that. She fled. Well, she yeah, right after the uh, Tommy the Covey route, after we kicked them all the progs had off. Progs were, like, ostracized, the progressives. They had to go underground. They popped up, called themselves liberals. There was that, There's nothing liberal about them. They're the opposite of liberty. They're for statism. The great collective... What that means? Well, us unwashed masses are going to be less washed because we're going to have less. That's how it happens. That's redistribution of wealth. That's social justice. If you bring one country up, you bring another country. You have to bring the other country down in the way they do things. That's not necessary. A country can build itself up. 
without taking, then that wouldn't be social justice. We have to pay because we have more, and we 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 have all this white privilege and and I guess American privilege now too. You're American citizen, you're you're privileged, and that has to go away. So you have to go be like other countries, so you can go along to get along, get rid of these nonsense about travel restrictions to your to your country. We can't have that. Open borders, yay! Yeah, and all you libertarians that have that in your platform, what it, you you know better than that. Uh, you would have to end the welfare state first, and it doesn't state that it, that would only be part of the platform after. You want to put a, you didn't put any qualifications in there. You might want to change that because that right there with the open borders, you and me, we we part ways. That's why I am not a libertarian as in the Libertarian Party, because the party platform is junk. Open borders is nonsense. That is a death of the nation. You're not a country if you have open borders. You don't. Have, there won't be any line on the map, you see. So how would you know where you were? Uh-huh. The U.S. welcomed the policy change by China as a positive step, but said it did not go far enough. We also look forward to the day when birth limits are abandoned altogether, said the White House spokesman. Josh, not so earnest. <laughs> you better check with your people first. They don't have any problem with this. Adding that the U.S. will keep working around the world to end coercive birth policies such as forced abortion and sterilization. Like they're not going to do it here. Oh, that's so funny. They're not, they're not going to stop anything. Amnesty International said Chinese women remain at risk of forced abortions, and intrusive forms of contraception. The move to change China's one-child policy is not enough. Couples that have two children could still be subjective to coercive and intrusive forms of contraception. And even forced abortions, which amount to torture. William Nee, China researcher at Amnesty International, said in a statement, Emotional torture, I guess. I wouldn't call it physical torture. Considering how many people love, how many women love abortions in this country. In November 2013, the party announced it would allow couples to have two children if one parent was a single child. The decision announced Thursday removes all remaining restrictions limiting couples to only one child. Real estate agent Zhang Lingua said the policy change was a sign of respect toward the people. You should be able to choose how many kids to have, she said in an interview in downtown Beijing. The government credits the one-child policy by preventing 400 million births and helping lift countless families out of poverty by easing the strain on the country's limited resources. But many de- demog... Fuzzy tongue, I got a comment. But many demographers argue the birth rate would have fallen anyway as China's economy developed and education levels rose. Uh, yeah, don't don't take credit for your policies, you commie status creeps. Uh, please. There's such wonderful people, those communists. They love everybody equally. No, they hate everybody equally. Otherwise, why would they do that to their own people? Moreover, the fall in the birth rate has pushed up the average age of the population and demographers foresee a looming crisis because the policy reduced the young labor pool that must support the large baby boom. 
generation that as it retires does this sound familiar social security anybody it's better late than never said willie lamb the expert on chinese politics at the chinese university of hong kong hong kong sorry that was a that was a, that was actually a, a cartoon when i grew up it might serve to address the current imbalance in the sense that if they do not boost the growth rate, then very soon, within 20 years or less, the working population will be supporting four aged parents. Boy, does this sound familiar? Anybody? You know, you Show just, of hands? You know, you just did a faux pas, you racist bastard. Faux pas? <laughs> there was actually a singer in England that was jailed for hate speech because he did kung fu fighting. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves kung fu fighting. Oh, fast as lightning. Yes, he was jailed. It's a little bit frightening. Because they have hate speech laws there. They I think have, it was. They I mean, have hate have speech Canada. in Europe. What are you talking about? And it was Europe, not China. No, no, no. I said it was Britain. Yeah. Or UK, maybe Canada. The UK. <laughs> no, it was, no, it was no, it wasn't. It was the UK. Okay. Anyway, this is from Xinhua.com. The ongoing meeting in Beijing to decide on China's development bl blueprint for the next five years is widely watched across the world. I don't know why. I, I was thinking the same thing when I read this. Have ghost cities come to Why? It, why are all the, well, when you get into the article more, why are they all excited about this? Why are European countries excited about China? Uh, don't know. I mean, this really boggles the mind. Other Do these people know who they're dealing they with? They want a new world order of which China will be part, you understand. Or will, what, be control it? Be king? I don't get no, it. No, China won't be king. <laughs> no. Uh, now, China hasn't played ball with the cabal, so they'll just be another country. But, you know, everybody will have the same laws because it'll all come from the United Nations. Oh yeah, that's that that stinks, doesn't it? We don't even like the United Nations, let alone have it being our government. Anyway, back to Xinhua, which is Chinese periodical. Many overseas media expect China's thirteen five year plan under discussion at the fifth plenary session of the eighteenth Communist Party of China Central. Committee from Monday to Thursday to have a major bearing on the trajectory of the world economic development. I hate sentences where you, you, you have to take a breath before you can get through it. That's a long sentence. Not as long as Madison's. James Madison did love flowery language, which really confused me when I had a guy who wrote a book on Madison said, oh no, he, he didn't like to speak. No, no, that was Thomas Jefferson. Oh, Madison thought that the Supreme Court should decide what's constitutional or not. No, 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 that was actually Alexander Hamilton. The creep, the left-wing liberal progressive socialist commie fascist status bastard. And that's enough for that. So it's had a major bearing on the trajectory of world economic development. I don't know why. Global focus. China is a key driver of the world economy. No. I disagree. By our consumption, by far, we are. 
and analysis have urged it to undertake more and broader structural reforms to sustain its long-term economic growth, said the Agence France Press. Wow, I've never read the Agence France Press before. Chinese leaders have pledged to establish a new normal of slower, more sustainable growth after the double-digit growth in the past, said AFP in a report that's the Associated Foreign Press, I think. Yeah. The Australian Financial Review predicted that stricter environmental protection policies and more extended social welfare, as well as new policies on family planning, would come out of this important meeting. Did you catch those key words there? Extended social welfare. Family planning. No? Really? I'm pretty much under a rock right now. I still don't have my own computer and uh, because I have to save up for it. I know this. Why don't you? Pay attention. And again, it's every, us. Everybody's all a Twitter about this. Arr, you know, arr, France, arr. Austria, <laughs> Austria. <laughs> I mean, what is going on? Why are they so in love with China? They're in love with every China going in the direction they want them to go. They are moving towards world governments. They're, they're, the evil and the left, which is synonymous, have almost gotten what they want. And they're so close, they can't wait any longer. They're, they've been waiting for a hundred years. They're just fed up. They want it now, if you haven't noticed. I mean, first of all, Obama said, his people said, oh, you can't do that. Violate the Constitution. Next thing you hear is, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. Why? Because people thought about it, talked about it, and planned about it and said, go do it. That's why Obama doesn't say anything. They don't tell him to say. And when he does, uh, that usually gets in trouble going off message. And then Valerie Jarrett comes to the White House and yells at it. Well, from her, from her own room in the White House to yell at him. You know, it, she has her own room in the White House. I'm not kidding you. Uh, but we, Valerie Jarrett, born an Iranian. She's an Iranian immigrant. All right. Um, with that, we're going to go to a short commercial break. This is the Uncooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. We are the socialists. You will be assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813 
This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Grandma, can you come out and play? Sure, Ellie. Oh, my. You might want to come here and help Grandma. What's the matter, Grandma? Can't you stand? Oh, sorry, honey. It's my knees. They don't work the way they used to. Does this ever happen to you? Are you on Medicare? You may qualify for a pain-relieving knee brace at little or no cost to you. Call the health hotline to see if you qualify. Our friendly agents are standing by 24-7 to help you. We also have braces for your shoulder, ankle, or back pain. And if you're covered by Medicare, you may qualify for free delivery. Grandma, slow down. I can't keep up. Maybe you can use a knee brace too, Ellie. (laughs) Catch me if you can, kiddo. Call now to get your pain-relieving knee brace. 800-368-6704. That's 800-368-6704. Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800-764-9168. 800-764-9168. That's 800-764-9168. If you are successful at what you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45, non-tobacco user, could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. A man age 50, non-tobacco user, may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers, too. Call the Term Lifeline now. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. to the uncooperative radio show still hour two <laughs> now you're overdoing it How are you? <laughs> anyway back to extended social welfare family planning yay 
the meeting is expected to reduce government interference in economic activities, said the Wall Street Journal on its website. A business newspaper run by Turkey's Hurriyet Daily News has taken note of the new normal for Chinese economic growth and the implications of China's Belt and Road Initiative on world economic development. So they're trying, they're, they're saying that China is going to have less government interference while we're having more. Uh, Belt and Road Initiative? That doesn't sound like that at all. No, it says on top, the meeting is expected to reduce government interference in economic activity, said the Wall Street Journal. You just read that. I, I know. I don't understand why it's, a, well, other than the fact that they have to monitor to make sure you don't have more than one child. But they're still going to have to monitor that you only have two children. So I, I don't get it. Maybe they'll tell us if we read on. The potential benefits for the world is what this is part is entitled. Now they get titles inside uh-huh. of titles. Well, this is, yeah, they have been doing that. You're right. <laughs> Le echos, ec- in a way, I do it nasally. Le echos in France dedicated a whole page. I, I'm going to start doing that. Any, any minute now, I'm going to start just doing that singer, Dylan. Well, <laughs> I, was it, maybe he was French. <laughs> dedicated a whole page to the meeting, covering topics under discussion and carrying an analysis comments on China's economic development. China's steady marching on its econ- development road will bring benefit to the whole world. Wait a minute. The, her, the con- Chinese economy is in the tank. They just devalued their own currency. So it could, cause it was uh, unable to maintain the trade, uh, differentiation with the Western countries, including ours, without it. So they devalued their money. So now they could still sell, outsell, undercut everybody in our market. We have the biggest consumer market in the world, the United States of America. That's a fact. That's not going away. We'll probably get more consumer and less manufacturing than we already are i don't know we don't manufacture much anymore there's some clothing places and uh, well he's doing that by by stifling the power you know any kind of power you know what i mean like fuels all the he's getting rid of coal he's getting rid of oh no no the manufacturing i'm talking plants that make something uh cars well kind of sort of but we don't we don't really manufacture mass manufacture much and except for Zippo lighters, um, I think Maglite is also a U.S. current company, and uh, hmm. that there's a couple places that make jeans out there you might want to check out. They they advertise them all the time. They make them like they used to. I remember how they used to make them. When you bought a new pair of blue jeans, you could stand them up in the corner. They're so stiff. You'd have to wear them and wash them for months before they even started to get soft. And they last forever. They're good work pants. Now they're useless. They're just a style. Everybody wants skinny jeans now. And I guess all tore up skinny jeans. They'll pay extra for you cutting up, cutting holes in their jeans for them. That's not what they were invented for. They're invented for work, not for play. Now they're useless. They cost too much. And they're, they're gone in a matter of months. If I wear them to work, it's toast in a matter of months, not years. 
So, yeah, there's some new jeans like that. If you want to experience jeans like that, you can go to Duluth Trading Company, too. They have the fire hose pants and vests and jackets and stuff made out of fire hose material. Very, very durable. But still about as expensive as Lee's or Levi's. But you'll get a lot more out of those pants than you ever will out of Levi's. But I know it's they're brown, they're not really stylish. Yeah. Again, it's work clothing. Gussets where it counts so you don't bind up. I don't know why I'm doing a commercial for somebody for free. Um, the targets of Chinese development under the new normal will be closed, closely linked to its global economic contribution, the Brazilian website Vermelho said, you should stick to Brazil's problems. Your economy's like in a tank, man. China's global influence would be embodied in its economic scale, its stable growth, deeper fusion with the world market, and more domestic vitality to provide the world with more development opportunities, Vermelho said. As a major engine of world economic growth, China's new five-year plan not only charts the country's roadmap for the next phase, but also affects the direction of world economic development, said Guing Fang, vice president of Thailand's Asian Delhi. It is hoped that China could further expand its global vision and push forward win-win cooperation among the developing countries, said Guing. They do realize they're yeah, falling sorry, all yeah. over they're falling all over themselves. And they do realize that China only does for China. It doesn't do anything in the name of anybody else. It doesn't care about the rest of the world. Yes, but it benefits China to that's why it's competing in the world market. They they own the corporations, don't get me wrong. But so what? So do we. Oh no! How how come there's so many rules and regulations for everything that's done here? Like regulation world. What's the difference? The own it or control it. What's the difference? None. Socialist speaking, they're controlling industry. Oh no! You don't understand. To be socialist, they have to own all the industry in the country. You know, actually, no, they don't. There's there's all kinds of socialism. It's a war, it's a broad range. Don't worry about it. We're going to beat it one way or another. And Susan's love in China, again from Xinhua. Beijing City has promised to draft guidelines to manage the new companies, sure to emerge after the central government relaxed market entry rules to allow more foreign investment in the capital's service sector on Tuesday. I'm not going to invest in it. Why are you investing in China? It's, well, and the reason that I... don't I, consider that a good investment. The reason I looked this up, I started getting interested in it, is because everyone's talking about what's going on in the South China Sea with them building the, the little islands and no one... They're like doing a two-pronged attack. They're doing that and then they're doing this behind the scenes with the economics well, of, the, of the world. They're trying to take over the Pacific. Russia's trying to take over the Arctic at the same time. I know, but no one is talking about what they're doing with changing their policies. Yeah, well, because it's all economic stuff. Nobody likes economics. But this is important. I know, but nobody <laughs> likes economics. They don't understand economics because 
because you have all these economists out there that are Keynesian, and, and Keynesian economics has failed the world over. It's failed. Goodness, even Margaret Thatcher knew that. Uh, we just got, you know, economics is really simple. That's why you're so confused. They make it confusing because otherwise, who, who would take a course in it? If the, if the course just told you, you are the economy. Have a nice day. <laughs> How much you paid for that course? Cause that's, that's about it. Yes. Look up the Austrian School of Economic or check out Mises.org. M-I-S-E-S dot org. Uh, learn more about the Austrian School of Economics. It's what we promote on this show. It is the fabulous way to have an economy that is not encumbered by the government. Free markets, real free markets, something nobody alive today has ever witnessed. Travel agencies with joint Chinese and foreign ownership are allowed to provide services to Chinese traveling abroad and to Hong Kong and Macau, according to a statement issued by the State Council China's Cabinet Agencies with mixed ownership were previously barred from providing these services. Well, they're, they're loosening up restrictions. And what are we doing? Tightening down. Well, I think we're supposed to be somewhere in the middle. Macau. Um, I don't remember where Macau is. It's familiar, so I've, I know I've been there, but I don't know. Macau's not China. I don't know. Anyway, um, the restrictions saying that the Chinese capital must take a controlling stake in aircraft maintenance projects in Beijing has been lifted, and event promoters with full foreign ownership can now operate in the municipality, the state council said. Sure, except that one of the things you have to do is give over all proprietary technology to the Chinese government to do that. And then the Chinese government used the proprietary uh, information to have one of their own manufacturing plants build it. That's how, I don't know why anyone does business with China. That's how China operates, period. There are no exceptions. I haven't seen any in here. Foreign engineering design companies applying for approval to operate in Beijing no longer to pass, no longer need to pass a performance assessment and foreign financial institutions have been given clearance to set up banks on their own in Beijing. Previously, 75% of a bank's backing had to be Chinese. Under the new rules, health and medical insurance agencies can operate in Beijing with up to 50% of their investment coming from abroad, and recruitment agencies with joint Chinese and foreign ownership can be established in the Kong Science Park. Now, do you think this has to do with them taking over Hong Kong? Because um, Hong Kong was, no. has like the free, was the freest economy. Well, it really was. They're yet to get to have an election since they took it over. They're supposed to get one in 2017, and we covered that. The Communist Party said, of course, they'll be able to choose their own candidate of the ones we provide. So the Ch Communist Party is putting up all the people running for office. So you could vote for one guy or the other guy. They're both Communist Party. doesn't matter. They're they're They're... they're Gripping down on Hong Kong. Clamping down. Well, I like to use grip. Grip. <laughs> it got them in a strong <laughs> chokehold. That's what they got. Her. 
The rules will remain relaxed until at least May the 5th, 2018, according to the State Council. In May, the central government announced that Beijing would be allowed to pilot policies, opening the service industry wider to foreign investment, with a view to rolling out the relaxations nationwide if they help help Beijing improve its services. Yes, I'm telling you, we're going to meet in the middle. That's the plan. Meaning we're going to become China's, more communist? China's going in this direction. We're going in the opposite direction. We're going to meet in the middle. And then when we do, it's going to be their time to move. So keep an eye on China. They are. Well, I know you haven't been on the news lately, and I, I had the computer all day long. Yes, we're still struggling with our computer problem. Well, I've got two computers that are just not good enough to do what needs to be done. But for the show, the Raspberry Pi is okay. But then the other laptop has to do double duty of both streaming and recording at the same time. Because I record locally. Like I could do that probably on the Raspberry Pi or, or the other one. But that's about all I could do. There's no way I could edit the files. There's just not enough memory. Well, you know, and I really don't feel so bad because I was listening to the Dana show the other night. And they have a professional studio, and her TV feeds weren't working. The switchboard went down. I was like, okay, live radio. <laughs> yes. Seriously. That's live radio. This is live radio, believe it or not. We do not sit around and podcast and put the thing together. Although sometimes I have to do that with the local recording because of the Internet screwing up. But uh, other than that, that's why you... And if I do work on it, it's always a little better because I have to get in and edit all the sound files. It's my fault. They're not, the levels aren't right. I need to get in and fix all the levels. If you're wondering why sometimes the, the recordings are lower than, you know, the commercials are lower than the show, stuff like that, uh, that's why. But when I fix it, it's like perfect. <laughs> so you guys pulling it off the talk shoe. It'll always be, it'll always be best recording there. Uh, even though we do record much better than those places without anything. I just said, what I mean by that is timing set up and everything levelized so that the, you don't have to run to the computer to turn up and down the well, volume. Well, just when you do certain segments and we tell people to turn down their volume. <laughs> Not nearly enough, I, I'm sure. Uh, I could be <clears throat> quite loud. Uh, <laughs> yes, you can. You know, you're going to have to do this today because you haven't done it the last two shows. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I told you to make up a thing so I could read it. Well, I have to get together with you because I don't know what to put on it. It's been months. <laughs> what? Just I don't. live right here. <laughs> you're always busy. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It needs to be done. All right. So you can listen to all our shows. You could do a DuckDuckGo or a start page search. Uh, yeah, I've been using DuckDuckGo lately. For some unknown reason. Oh, it was, it was stock on something. But, yeah, you can use the just do uncooperative radio show and we'll show up all over the place, more places than I probably remember. I should do it myself. But you can catch us on talkshoe.com forward slash 9461, talkcast ID 9461 on Talkshoe. Of course, you can download and listen to all our shows on uncooperativeradio.com, which will take you to Spreaker. Which also has every app for everything that's ever been made on the, so you can listen to the show however you want. Uh, in all different formats. It's kind of, kind of cool. 
We're also rebroadcast on RedStateTalkRadio.com, which has two studios, 24-7, conservative talk radio, two studios, 40 shows. Our show, in particular, is rebroadcast on Tuesdays and Fridays, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and the 24-7 listener line for Studio A is 605-562-4209. Now, this is a listener line, not a talking line. You can't interact with the show. You can only listen. Eventually, we will get this figured out and end up having callers and such in the future. Don't worry about it. But right now, we got to do what we have to do. If you don't have any data, you want to listen anyway, no problem. Free phone call, 605-562-4209. Studio B is re- re- are rebroadcast on... <laughs> What the heck was that? Sunday, 12 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Time, Tuesday, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And the 24-7 listen line is 518-712-0045. 518-712-0045. And... That's well, it. Well, I was going to say something else, hence the conjunction. <laughs> okay. Did you want to tell them about the apps? There's apps on Studio B, too, and Studio A, too. Yes, Red City Talk Radio has apps, I believe, I know for Windows and Mac, and I think you might have one for Linux now, I'm not sure. But you can go over to redstatetalkradio.com and check out for yourself uh, the apps. Are, I think you go down to the bottom where all the links are. Just go right to the bottom of the page. You'll find more links down there to what you're looking for. Also, while you're there, get the free newsletter. Why not? It's a really good newsletter. It's got people you recognize, uh, these are really serious writers and it's done very well very professional and it's absolutely free and if you don't like it you can just unsubscribe so give it a shot i think i think you will like it i do so moving right along is there any place anything i forgot to tell them about no nope, so. you're good i'm good yep oh it's good to be good to the good that's that's a joke that only a certain percent of people listening are going to get that one all right, this day in history and regulations suck. This day in history from history.com. John Hancock resigns his position as president of the Continental Congress. Well, how come it just starts like that? John Hancock resigns. Because it's this day in history. Oh. This day in history. So this day in history, John Hancock resigns. It says from history.com, not this day in history. Should start this day in history. John Hancock resigns his position as president of the Continental Congress due to a prolonged illness on this day in 1777. Hancock was the first member of the Continental Congress to sign the Declaration of Independence and is perhaps best known for his bold signature on the groundbreaking document. First elected to the Continental Congress in 1774, as a delegate from Massachusetts, Hancock became its president upon the resignation of Peyton Randolph in May 1775. Okay, so what everyone does not know out there, most people don't know, our listeners probably do, we had many presidents of the Continental Congress, and they usually just stayed in office for a year. Then there was the Articles of Confederation. And also, when the... The Continental Congress that was in place during the uh, during the 
making of the Constitution was different from the one that ended up going to the, Par the Treaty of Paris. It changed. The Continental Congress changed people. Well, you get the first Continental Congress, then you get the second Continental Congress. Right. And that's why when we were doing on the Women of the Revolution, we were talking about George Washington on Monday. That's why he had so much problems, because the Continental Congress kept changing. And as it changed, people's ideas about how the war was to be propagated changed. Prosecuted. Prosecuted. Sorry. Thank you. See, that's why you talk, and I don't. But it, their views changed on how it should be prosecuted. And that's why George Washington had such a hard time getting funds for his troops. Partially true. They were also changed because of how the populace felt about the war. As the war dragged on, because it was eight years, wasn't it? Uh, the war itself? Yeah. Well, let's see. 1776 was the first shot fired at Lexington and Concord. Uh-huh. And it was, the treaty was signed in 1783. March 4th, 1783. I just did this timeline this week. So? You do, do the, the math. math. <laughs> I'm trying to just keep my head in politics and you're bothering me with math. Um, seven years. Seven, almost, yeah, seven years. Seven yeah, years. that sounds about right. Seven, yeah. But I'm sure they're going to talk about it. No, they're not. Oh. <laughs> That's why I was bringing this up, because people don't realize that we had many Continental Congresses, and we had many presidents. We had two Continental Congresses, which had numerous presidents. Right. And we had the Articles of Confederation, which had numerous presidents. I don't know. They they changed like every six months. Yeah, or a year, yeah. It, it wasn't that long. It was a lot of... <laughs> so the first president of the United States of America is not George Washington, nope. right? Because the Articles of Confederation, we were called United States of America. That's true. So the first president of the Articles of Confederation would be the first president of the United States. Pushing Washington way down the line. Uh, but as under the Constitutional Republic, he was the first president. So got to be, watch the wording, watch the wording. First, uh, where was I? Blah, blah, blah. Hancock was the first member of the Continental Congress signed Declaration of Independence. Hancock became president on the resignation of Randolph in May of 1775. And during his 10 years president, Hancock presided over some of the most historic moments of the American Revolution, culminating in the signing of the Declaration of Independence in July of 1776. After resigning his position as president, Hancock returned to his home state of Massachusetts, where he continued his work in public service. Yeah, it wasn't really Taxachusetts yet. After helping to establish the state's first constitution, Hancock was elected first governor of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts in 1780 and served for five years. He declined to run for re-election in 1785, but returned after two-year absence and was elected governor for a second time in 1787. He held the position until his death in 1793. And we'll catch more on Hancock on the other side. This is the Uncooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. Hi, this is Jeff Carlisi from the band 38 Special. The mainstream media has failed the American people once again. Internet radio networks like Red State Talk Radio will not fail you. Tune in 24 hours a day. 
Studios A and B. Great conservative programming around the clock. Red State Talk Radio, the dominant force in Internet conservative talk radio. are made with organic eggs, right? They come from a chicken's ass. That organic enough for you, sugar? Uh, what is your pork? Is it steroid-free? It is by the time Chef Earl is done with it, honey. Well, how about your chicken fried steak? That's made with free-range chicken, right? Free-range? We can't afford to give it away, darling. Look, I don't see it on the menu, but can you just make me a progressive omelet? <laughs> sugar, you're in the wrong restaurant. Halloween at the Obama household. Trick or treat! Hey, how are your kids doing? I guess you want some candy. Yeah! But uh, first, I think you'll agree, we need some uh, fundamental fairness in candy distribution. What? We need to spread the candy around so that it's fair for everyone. Uh, okay. See, it uh, works like this. First, I'll take all of As president, I expect to be judged and should be judged by the results of this program. Breaking news, the uh, May jobs report just came out and the numbers are not good. So the unemployment rate went up. 40 consecutive months of 8% unemployment or more. Government payrolls down 13,000, construction down 28,000. 300,000 more long-term unemployed. The U.S. saw the smallest increase in jobs in a year. Any way you slice it, it looks like last summer all over again. Practically nothing about this report that was positive. Well, this is Obama's economy, that's fine. Give it to me. Uh, You've already drawn some of the brightest minds from uh, academia and policy circles. Uh, Many of them I've stolen ideas from liberally. Uh, People ranging from Robert Gordon to Austin Goolsby, John Gruber, uh, my dear friend Jim Wallace here, uh, who can talk, I think, uh, who can inform uh, what are sometimes dry policy debates with uh, a prophetic voice. Q. Howard. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street and there's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. 
They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to write. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! I want you to get up right now. Get up, go to your windows, open them, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Things have got to change. How many stations does this go You've got to get mad. I know it goes to Louisville and Atlanta. We're not going to take this anymore. Then we'll figure out what to do about the depression and the inflation and the oil crisis. But first, get up out of your chairs, open the window, stick your head out and yell, and say, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. Hour three. I'm as mad as hell. I will not comply. Was, I will just say no. That was from the movie Network in the 70s. 70s, I know. That's just, it's... Say so you the word depression? You ever hear of the depression before? I lived through that. I remember it. That was Dimmy Jimmy Carter. It I, it's unbelievable this is still relevant. It is unbelievable it it's is. still relevant when you consider, <laughs> you think we had enough of that under Dibby Jimmy Carter to do it again. But then, you know, people out in California do stupid things like vote out a long time ago a governor. And then when the governor runs again for many years down the line for governor, you hire him back again. Gluttons for punishment, California. Brown out brown is your governor yet again. He got the... Moniker Brownout Brown, because when he was governor of California, they had nothing but rolling brownouts all the time. And blackouts, too. But yeah, he was very famous for the brownouts, so they called him Brownout Brown. And he made his way back into politics, and a bunch of idiots just voted him again. Yeah, he's going to give us more stuff. Where, where are you going to get the money? I don't know. We use Obama money. <laughs> oh, man. I still remember that. I was like, really? Obama money? Is that anything like funny money? All right. <clears throat> Hancock will forever be remembered for his bold and defiant signature on the Declaration of Independence, but bold and defiant could also describe the way he lived. The wealthiest colonist in New England, Hancock risked losing everything he had for the cause of American independence. Nothing better exemplifies Hancock's defiance then the first words he spoke after signing the Declaration of Independence. In response to the bounty the British had placed on the heads of prominent revolutionary leaders, Hancock replied, 
The British ministry can read that name without spectacles. Let them double their rewards. Oh, no. And release the kitties. I tend to forget. I'm going to have to change that alarm. You know, um, this is a very, that's a very important statement. That people... Yes, because everybody says, everybody at TV, I show I've ever said, every book you ever read, but they say Hancock said, this is so the king can read it without his spectacles. That's not what he said. He said the British ministry can read that name without spectacles. Let them double their reward. Those were his exact quotes. Now, don't you feel like, why did people tell you something else? I don't know why people told you something else. Because they don't want you to know the truth about history, because you might learn something. And then kick them out of office. Again, and what you're saying is very true. That statement is showing that he knows he's going to lose everything, die, his family die, and still he did that. And I'm so sick and tired of everyone calling our founding fathers and our founding mothers, oh, they, they, they were just rich, white, old. No, they knew once they defied, it's not like we go and protest, okay, up at Capitol Hill. Nothing happens to us, right? It, when they did that, they were hung. Don't you get it? That's why it was so important that we have the Constitution, that we have the First Amendment. No, that, I don't think that's important at all. I know, you hate the amendment. <laughs> Well, there's no reason for it. Did Could they violate your free speech rights before the Bill of Rights? Could they? No. Show me in the Constitution where it allowed them to have control over what people say. Good luck. Before it was amended. That's what people go, you look before it was amended, so you want slavery again. Oh, my God. There are no slaves, right? Get over it. <laughs> Except we the people. We're all slaves at the moment getting worse every day keep fighting it's a long fight you've got to feel tired don't give up you know and i think i brought this up once before when we did the women of the revolution um his wife john hancock's wife and actually i have her name i just have to look it up um, she was at the battle of lexington where the first shot was heard around the Concord. right but first it was lexington when the first shot was heard around the world and actually, the first shot went past her head. She was in the upstairs bedroom, and they were they, they, everyone was shooting. Every it wasn't like it was, uh, uh, how can I explain? Um, orderly. Some of these battles, they, they were shooting everywhere. <laughs> they were just like shooting in a straight line because that was because of us, not them. Right, because we were doing more of a what do you call it? Tactics. Guerrilla warfare. Right, whereas there weren't. But I mean, there was bullets flying everywhere, <laughs> and. She was up in the upstairs bedroom, and then John Hancock and uh, Samuel Adams, they were at there. They were there, too. They had fled Boston, and she told him. He said, no, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight next to the, my men. And she said, you cannot do this. You must go. You are more important than, than the soldiers here. And that's what all of our founding fathers, the founding mothers, told them. When they said they were going to flee, they were fleeing because they were vitally important. If the British got a hold of them, the revolution might be lost. But they didn't. Lucky us. Now, can we do it again? We shall see. Oh, there's a re revolution brewing all right, right now. Everybody that follows my plan is a revolutionary. 
So it's, it's happening as we speak, the counter-revolution. Why do you call it a counter-revolution? Because I, I kind of think what the government's done to us has been a, has been war, frankly. Uh, they basically declared war on the U.S. population, especially us veterans, anybody with any that takes any psychoactive drugs, which is what, now 50% of the population, something like that, are taking some kind of ADHD drug, antidepressant, the uh, SRI, serotonin inhibitors. Um, I can't think of all the names. But anything that has to do with, uh, that can be used for psychiatry, that are now using for pain management, it doesn't matter. If you're taking a psych drug, you don't get to buy a gun. That's what where he's going partially. There's more coming from the BATFE. It's going to be stuff about private sales, which already, you private sales, if you sell outside, if you have to ship it, you have to go gun dealer to gun dealer, both sides. Uh, the only time you can do it is, you know, in person. And that's just citizen to citizen. You want, again, you want the government, snap that rubber band. You want the government to make me have the cost and time consumption of going to a gun dealer and running a background check before I can sell my property? Uh, I'm sorry, where is that in the Constitution? You've got to be kidding me. You know, that's something that people don't realize. Anything you own is your property. That's property rights. That doesn't just mean the land you own. Anything you own is your own property. Any anything you purchase, the sweat of your brow is yours, and that's the way it's supposed to be. We do not have a social contract with the Prague or anybody else. There is just the Constitution that is our social compact, and that's the only one there is. There's no imaginary social contract that you can't see; it's invisible. It's inherent. It's inherent. No, it's not. Alienable rights, unalienable rights. That's inherent. Natural rights, inherent. Everything else is not. (sighs) It's tough, tough tough times in the country, I know, but pay attention to what's going on. You know, even though they don't seem to understand what natural born citizen means uh, up there, there's been a lot of good stuff that's come out of the debates and the talk from from everybody. I mean, uh, Cruz has done a great job. And of course, the one that pisses everybody off—he's done a great job. The Donald. No, I'm not a big fan of, of Donald Trump. I do know of his success. I do know of his uh, failures. I mean, he was—he fa- was famous for his fail, his failed bankrupt building uh, when I was a kid. I mean, that's how you know who Donald Trump was. But he bounced back and became one of the—you know—that's it. You're supposed to learn from your mistakes and move forward. And he did. And he stuck to it. And now he's rich beyond belief. And he doesn't have to answer anybody, which makes him ideal to become president of the United States because nobody can buy him. He doesn't need their money. He doesn't want their money. Sorry, I'm kind of caught on a wire here. All right. Let's move right along. Oh, come on, debate. I'm not going to talk about the debate because I didn't watch it. Why didn't I watch it? I'm not interested, really, frankly, but... um, I, I usually end up watching it afterwards, after everybody else's, you know, all the other talk shows have gone crazy about it, and then when I feel like it, I, I'll bring it up, but 
I don't really, I, I don't really care about the debates. I know who I want to vote for. I know why I want to vote for them already at this point. And I know who I'm not voting for because they've given me an easy tool in which to narrow my focus. People that don't aren't natural-born citizens cannot be president. They, I can't vote for them. That means I can't vote for Cruz, and yes, I want to. I can't vote for Rubio, and no, I would never. Can't vote for Jindal, maybe. And Donald Trump, I, I would vote for, but he's also ineligible. So I'm down to Carson, Fiorina. Yeah, I think. I think that's it. The old serious candidate. Think there's a, oh, no, not the Ohio, no, I would never vote for that Ohio governor guy. I don't like, he's not a conservative. I don't like him at all. Never have. And, uh, he has the nerve to attack anybody. Anyway, I feel bad for you people that want Donald because no one's treating you right. I agree with you. He's a great, he would be a great candidate. He's, he knows how to speak to the people, be blunt, not hide things. He he knows how to trade. He knows how to make deals with foreign countries. He, I think he'd be a really helpful president at this particular time, especially. And we need a president that tells it like it is, doesn't doesn't sugarcoat it, sticks to the rule of law, the Constitution. These are things we need. Donald Trump would, I believe, with the right guidance, follow the Constitution. But there's no way to tell unless he gets elected. All the other ones, I I, I like Carson. I like Carson a lot. Fiorina, I, I, I like. I like her. Uh, I like the way she speaks. I like what she says. Don't really like some of her past. But I could vote for her. I could, I could vote for her. Could. I don't know. Well, you know, if Hillary's going around, Hillary's going around telling everybody, you know, being a, it's time for a woman to be president. It would, it would be helpful having a woman on the other side, if that's the case. Then they have a choice between a Prague woman and a conservative woman and see where they go. I don't really think the people are sitting around going, it's time, except for the left wing, it's time for a woman. We don't think like that. Oh, there's, there's no time. The time is when the people vote for you and you get into office. That's the time. It's like this. Well, it's my turn. Women's turn. No, that's not how it works. Well, not how it's supposed to work. But come on, cut me some slack here. All right, regulations suck. From CNSNews.com. In a video posted on YouTube, the Environmental Protection Agency is asking young people to join a work group of youth climate justice leaders. Are you kidding me? Youth climate justice leaders. We're going to get justice for the climate. Yeah, climate has standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Today, young people are leading the charge for climate action, spreading knowledge. No, they're not. And finding, so, spreading propaganda. That's not knowledge. 
and finding solutions to propel our nation toward a climate-resilient future. What is that supposed to be? Climate-resilient future? That resilient, meaning the climate is resilient the way it's used in the sentence structure. What does that You can't say climate-resilient future. How do you make the climate resilient? Do they even know what the word means? It's either resilient or it's not, and they're claiming it's not because it can't stand us being here. It's we're killing the economy, so obviously not that resilient. See, they they don't know what they're talking about. These people, they're just nuts. Mustafa Santiago Ali. Oh, great, an Arab. On top of that, it's an Arab. Senior advisor in environmental justice said in the video. That's why, for the first time ever, EPA's National Environmental Justice Advisory Council will form a work group up to 15 youth climate justice leaders, Ali said. Their recommendations will help EPA develop strategies to combat climate change and empower other young people to make, take the challenge. Uh, good luck. We've already got one going in the colleges, kicking your butt. Sorry, it says big government sucks. You might have seen the signs. Ha, ha, ha. That's us. We conservatives. Do you know the more that I we read about, like, who's head of this and who's head of that and this kind of council, there's, they are absolutely right. When um, Robert Spencer and Pamela Geller were telling us the first term of this jackass that his administration and all of his agencies are being overrun by Muslims. That's a Muslim name. And I read more yes, and more. Muhammad Ali was a Muslim. Muhammad Ali's real name is Cassius Clay. He became a Muslim, changed his name, mostly to dodge. The, he didn't want to be drafted. He didn't want to. He didn't, he's dodging the draft. He said, I can't. It's against Islam. Violence is. Now, can you imagine trying that today? Sorry. My, my religion, Islam, prohibits me from violence. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Uh, no, not a, not a shot. Stand over there. You're getting a rifle. Shut up. I'm just saying there's more and more Muslim names in every part of government. Yes, there's too many Muslims in this country. One would be too many. And, uh. I mean, the mayor of Atlanta is Muslim, for goodness sake. I've never you said know? this about any so-called religion. It's only a so-called religion. It's, it's not just a religion. It's a theocracy. Uh, I reject it. I rejected it always. I still do. It's the most evil thing ever created. And it's going to bring on the end times. They're, they're the people that are going to burn the world. Yeah, the flag will be flying over every capital's... Uh, what? Rubble? <laughs> yes, that's what. That's what Islam brings. Rubble. Yeah, you... One of the great gifts that Islam has given the world, remember the great uh, library of Alexandria, where all the people, all the people's cultures put all this information on scrolls and his history and knowledge. It was a, it was a fantastic thing. It was like a world wonder at the time. And when the Muslims invaded, what do you think they did to the, the Library of Alexandria. Do you think they decided they would read and learn and understand? No. They burnt it to the ground because there is no other knowledge but Allah and the Quran. That's it. 
That's their gift to the world. Bring us back to 6th century nonsense. Or you could say they're going to bring on the end times, so that's a benefit, right? I think we're in the end times already, but it could get worse, and it's going to. Either way. <laughs> anyway, in the video, Ali said EPA is already taking major steps to address climate change, but that youth can advance the agency's messaging from heat-related illness and death to more extreme droughts, more severe storms, and the cost of rebuilding after disasters. Climate change is already affecting environmental justice communities. There's environmental justice communities? Is that like the Justice League or something? That didn't work out well. Ali said the video. Oh, this is, a, this is just a video of him, huh? EPA is taking major steps toward forward on climate action, but we also need to draw on the perspective and ideas of our nation's young leaders. Hopefully they are not, anything to do with you is not going to be leading this nation anywhere. I think this is going to be like the progs. If we throw these people out, that's the, it's like the progs. They're going to have to go underground. All these new young nation's leaders, they're going to have to run and hide. Because we're the gotta have, we don't want to hear any of that anymore. The advisory council issued a directive following a blog posted by EPA administrator Gina McCarthy and the Reverend Lennox Yearwood Jr. Again, religion. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, advisory council. Um, hmm. The advisory council, I think, does more than advice. I think they just say, do it, and they do it. We're removed by the words of Jibril Kazan, spoken in Greensboro, North Carolina, on the 55th anniversary of the Greensboro Four sitting down at the lunch counter inside the Woolworth store on February the 1st, 1960. I have no idea what that sentence is supposed to mean. Do you? No. I don't, I don't remember the Greensboro Four. Of the Greensboro Four sitting down at the lunch. Oh, oh, I remember this. Yeah, I, I remember reading this. Yeah, that was like, it was supposed to be a seminal moment too, because, uh, only white people were allowed to eat at the counter at Woolworth. Blacks need not apply. So they went and sat down and, uh, I, I guess they just sat there and didn't get any food or did they feed them? I, I need to know more of the story. Write it, write it down. We got to look it up. Okay. The Greensboro Four. Uh, Woolworth, I, it makes me hungry just. I know, I miss I used Woolworth. to eat every time Woolworth. I didn't get to go to the counter. Yeah, they had the great, they had the best hot dogs. I liked the way they made them because they made them on toast and the toast was perfectly formed around the, the. Is that why great. you make me toast your bread would have hot dogs if I don't have buns? Yes. You know, I've been with this man for 30 years. I never put two and two together. <laughs> it's not my fault. I've been trying to kick the frog out of you since I met you. <laughs> quote climate change is young people's lunch counter moment for the 21st century when my three classmates at the, where, you're, you know you're just pissing off every black person in the country you cannot equate this to slavery and uh the way they were treated in the south especially you, you can't equate this to that i hate this so i hate when they do this it's like homosexual. First they tried to go homosexual. What happened? Black people were really pissed. Uh, they kind of backed off. Now doing it again. Climate change. Is that what you want to be? The person known for being stupid enough to believe in climate change? 
Yes, climate changes, but it's not caused by man. Right now, it's caused by the tilt of the axis of the Earth. It has changed. We're in a cycle in which we're going to see more violent weather because it's, we're in that normal cycle of how the Earth orbits the sun and how it rotates and how it tilts on its axis. All change the climate as well as the sun increase in activity and solar flares. That increase, that changes the economy and makes things more crazy. And we could get solar flares bad enough to cause an EM pulse that wipe out a whole electric grid. It's already happened by nature once in the early 1900s. And we weren't relying on that much electricity back then. This will be a, you can imagine a whole country ceasing to have electricity at the same time. Boom. Lights out. Again, that they're not getting, like you say, like you're saying, the progs are, are seeing the, the brass ring is right there, but they're not getting it as fast. So they're going to do this. We got to get the young people. We got it. We got to do this. They've ah. been tr they're constantly trying to rework climate change because since it was created, that IPCC was created by that new world order of socialists. He said he hopes that the purpose of the council, he hopes that they would bring in new world order, so one world order socialism, one governance in the world. That's what he wanted. One go socialist government, of course. So that's what climate change science is all about. Nothing else. That's what it's about. They don't, they don't care about the climate. They don't care about the planet. They don't care about people. They just care about their getting their prog justice and rising and being the elites of the progressive movement so that when all you common folk are hungry, they can go, eh, let them eat cake. They Again. have no flour for bread. That's the other part they didn't tell you about that. Say, so makes if, it sounds horrible. If the Congress would cake, how do you make cake without flour? If the if the Congress would step up, first of all, they shouldn't have any money to do this. The regulatory agencies should have no money to do this at all. It shouldn't exist. And all you have to do, you stupid progs up there in the Congress, is defund them, cut them off. Well, when the states are in charge, they're going to be seriously cut off. <laughs> uh, no, we're not paying for that. It's going to be great. Uh, when my three classmates and I sat down at the lunch counter to end segregation, we did not know what the outcome would be. And yes, they were put up to it, just like Rosa Parks was. We simply knew that we had to act. No, you were told to act. Liar. We had to take bold action for necessary change to come about. It is in the tradition of civil and human rights struggle that young people today are calling for action on climate change. The climate isn't alive. It's a it's a thing, but it's not alive. It, how can you have it justice for the climate? But the, the climate is just a set of conditions that we labeled climate. It, it doesn't think. It doesn't breathe. It doesn't live. It doesn't. It just exists. Certain actions come together in the climate to create this, then that happens. And climate is always changing. And they're pretty silly and also pretty uh, haughty to think that mankind has made a significant dent in, in how the climate of the Earth works. I'm sorry, no. And the climate of the Earth has always changed. Once upon a time, every place here in North America that we're sitting, talking, listening to, most of that was under ice. That's the big glacier that covered it. 
There were no, there were no trees, there were no vegetation, there was no nothing. And the world went on just fine. And you still think that we are going to bring the world to a collapse and cause all this ridiculousness that they have said. You've, they've been caught in so many lies. How can you even listen anymore? And you Kool-Aid drinkers that are listening, spit the Kool-Aid out, will you? Enough. Think. Use your brain. Use the brain God gave you. That's another phrase I used to hear when I was a kid when you did something stupid. <laughs> Don't use the brain God gave you. So anyway, back to the lunch counter. It's the biggest threat to justice and opportunity our planet has ever seen. Fighting for environmental justice. Can I have a superhero for that? Uh, environmental Justice League. Fighting for the environmental justice and climate justice echoes the spirit of America's great civil rights leaders. You know, it, you're not always supposed to have civil rights leaders because the, the point of them was to get rid of problems with civil rights, and they did. So stop looking for ways to be to reinvent them into society where they're not needed. And that's what this is. is. Everybody wants to be the next, the next person to do the next great thing, that, even though it's stupid. But this is what they think. This is how they think. <sighs> All right. That goes the spirit of America's great civil rights leaders. It's a spirit fueled by our moral obligation to leave our children a world safer and rich with opportunity. Anything you want to do for climate change is communist. It's communism. Socialism. I don't care what you want to call it. And it, you're expecting us to just believe that this is the next great you're not going to live the next generation with anything but debt and no you i i know it's, next generation is lucky if they don't grow up in a civil war because of you idiots and and again progs are so schizophrenic it's okay for the to leave the world safer using climate change but screw isis going around killing and chopping it will not everybody's be safer off. it will not be richer because we will break the bank <laughs> I know. What they expect us to do is destroy our economy for the climate. I don't know about you, but I, as bad as this economy is, I, I would like not like to like, go there. Just let's not, okay? If, if enough of you agree with me, they won't be able to do it. We still have our guns. Some of us have our health. <laughs> Some of us have our youth. And we need to do something, and we are doing something. And you listening are doing something. You don't just listen to the show. You you get an education. You get information. You get motivated to go out and do something with a real plan that can work. Uh, it's not just talk radio here. This is, you know, I don't know. I invented this show as I went along. This is, this shows me, you know, just the way, <laughs> I guess that's the way it is. Uh, Anyway, I'm very, I'm very happy to have all the listeners that we do have. So that was a, that was a blog, by the way. Leave a, the world safer. How is it going to be safer? How? When you destroy the economies of the, of the free world and fuzzy bussies take us over, how, how is that going to make us safer? How's it going to make us richer when our economy's in the tank now and you want to finish it off and collapse it completely? Again. That's what you want to leave your kids and grandkids? Because that's what they're talking about. They just don't understand. This is... These are idiots. These are useful idiots. They're not the thinkers. 
They're, they're the parroters. They parrot what they're told to say and think. And that's it. They're idiots. They're too stupid to think for themselves. If you're out there, you know who you are, and you are a Kool-Aid drinker if you didn't understand where, what that meant. Now you do. It's you. It was about Jim Jones. Many of you are probably too young to even remember Jim Jones. He wasn't that memorable. Anyway, other than the fact that he was a crazy cult leader, and uh, he bought an island and brought all his people there, and then he had them all kill themselves by drinking Kool-Aid laced with, I forget what it was, poison. And they all drank the Kool-Aid and died. All of them. That's a Kool-Aid drinker. You drink it just because someone tells you. Now you understand. So, if, if we do have this moral imperative, then we have a moral imperative to fight social justice, be it climate or economic, wherever we shall find it. We shall now call it social injustice. Social injustice. Memorize it. This is good. What they want is social injustice, not social justice. It's not just to take away from productive people and give to non-productive people. That's the opposite of justice. I don't know. They might start soiling greening us at some point in time, these progs. You never know. Don't worry. We can fix the world hunger. We can take all the old people and turn them into food. You didn't see soiling green? You should you should go check it out. It's a good movie to watch. It's an old seventies movie, but there's no special effects anyway, so who cares? Anyway, the blog said history proves even the most wrenching strains on justice can be unwound with a committed, diverse, and vocal coalition of people calling for change. You mean bullies, thugs, and uh, the like? Yes, abominus ilk. See, the thing with this is, for three generations, our children have been taught these words and what they mean. And they don't mean what, they, what they've what they been taught. They never have. They're old. Those phrases in this movement is far older than any of people probably listening to this show. Uh, again, though, when, they're not taught. They don't have any critical thinking. So they can grab these young kids, throw these they words are at them. brainwashed, Susan. They're not, it's just not, they are brainwashed. This is the first generation of truly indoctrinated children generation coming out of the sausage grinder <clears throat> of the colleges. They're blithering idiots when they come out the other side of college. How is this the goal of college? How do we want this to be the goal? Well, they need a college. No one needs a college education. Let's start there. Actually, no one needs one unless the government mandates something. Uh, which they don't have the power to do anyway. But let's say you need one for, you know, the medical and sciences and stuff like that. Okay, I buy that. That makes sense. You need to. You need to. Some. You can learn it anyway. You can learn it on the internet by yourself. Frankly, I don't think you should need a degree. Uh, you can challenge degrees if you don't know that. You can. There's a test you can take for every course, every course that they give, and you can take those challenges. And if you pass, you get the credits. You don't have to go to class. But there's a fee involved. There's a fee involved for going to school, too. That's much higher. But if you don't need one, why, why don't we bring back on-the-job training? That's how I learned auto mechanics. First, I started just by fumbling around by myself in my own car. But then I got a job at a gas station pump, pumping gas and stuff, and I moved up, you know. 
And then I, I got to do, the next thing I got to do was change tires. I had to learn how to do the tire machine. Still had the pump, I still had to watch the pumps, but then I had to do the tires too. So I couldn't quite understand why I kept being so interested in having more responsibility when I'm getting paid the same no matter how much I do. But I did, and I ended up, next was tune-ups. It was the very next thing I moved up to. And I, I wasn't allowed to go past tune-ups until I could do a tune-up in 20 minutes or under. No, they charge you like an hour. But the point was for me to not take an hour so they make more money. Well, that's just the way it was, but you got full service back then. You know, we inflated your tires, checked your oil, transmission fluid, brake fluid, everything. Uh, everything under the hood, all free, you know, cleaned your windshield. It was full service. That's how America used to be. Now it's all, yeah, fill it yourself. Isn't that kind of rude? I find it rude. I think someone should fill it for me. I'm paying for it. Why am I pumping it? <laughs> Why do I need to smell like gas? I liked it better back then. I'd pay two cents extra a gallon to have someone give me full service. Ten cents even. Instead we pay. It's been now, uh, I don't know if anyone's noticed that it has a real vehicle. It does have a little pop, you know, little gerbil wheel cars. But, uh, you know, most my trucks have to take high test or plus. I, I can't use regular gas. And instead of being 10 cents above, like, you know, if regular was $2, then then plus would be two ten, and then premium would be two twenty. Ten cents, ten cents, ten cents. That's how it always was. Decades, a whole life. Just re- just recently, they screwed that all up somehow, and now it's uh, there's a bigger jump. They're trying to, I'm telling you, they're trying to make us get rid of these vehicles for ones that can run over this Mickey Mouse gas they're putting out. I've seen it as low as eighty six octane, which is really really crappy. Uh, regular gas back in the day, just plain regular was octane of 89. You gotta get, you gotta get premium to get close to 89, right? I know, that's one of my trucks takes premium. Anyway, I really like to, I told you that because I want you to go out and look up, why did gas suddenly change? Why did, why did uh, plus and premium be go so much more than regular all of a sudden? I'm curious, why the change? That's a, that's a substantial part of my budget, that change, so. Oh, we were talking about the EPA, so, you know, it brings me to vehicles. <laughs> What's the EPA doing vehicles? Well, you know, CAFE standards. Clean Water and Air Act. Again, that's an act. An act is a law. It's not an amendment to the Constitution. But to get back to the show, because Susan's about to hit me. That's why EPA, the Hip Hop Caucus, and organizations around the country are fighting for climate justice. The Hip Hop Caucus? There's a Hip Hop Caucus. In the United States Congress? Or is this just, they're just using the word caucus? I think they're just using the word caucus. <laughs> Hip hop caucus. And organ, no, it's an organizations around the country are fighting. Wow, really? They're losing, thankfully. Youth is defined on the work group application as 18 to 29. The deadline to apply is November the 30th. That's right, young men and women. Stop bothering your parents for thinking you're as children. You are children, as defined by the federal government. Congratulations. Till you're 30, you're a child. Well, you start, you're certainly acting like a child. Moving along from Fox News. <laughs> as the world's foremost collector of rare biblical artifacts, 
Stephen Green may have made a deal with the devil, helping to preserve Iraq's disappearing Christian heritage by allegedly buying black market items plundered by the Islamic State. Good for him. Good for you. They want it destroyed. You buy it. I know. Is it this, helps the Islamic State. Okay, I don't care. But this is, is there anything in the Constitution that had the government to regulate this? Regulate what? They're him buying, buying stuff from other countries. No, he's not. He's buying it on the black market. Uh, we, they, thankfully, that's a free market. The government doesn't have any control over it whatsoever. That's why it's called the black market. There'll always be a black market. If you make something illegal that people want, there will be a black market. Always. Black market just means illegal marketing of something. Yeah. And it's secretive. You didn't have to, because you didn't have to pay the tax or anything to the government. Oh, no. Th this was different. This is him trying to get artifacts that were plundered. He's paying good money for those artifacts. Uh, but he wants those artifacts preserved. And, uh, you know, if it's funny, though. You can only get what you can get because... Anything major, like a building, a statue, anything, they destroy it. They blew up the, what, the century, I forget how old those statues were into the Buddhist statues into the mountain. It's like one of the world, almost one of the world's wonders, you know. It should have been. It isn't listed as the seven wonders, but uh, maybe it's the eighth. But they blew it up. They destroyed them. They built, they built their mosque on top of other people's churches, temples. This, they're evil personified. Anyway, uh, boy, this is a depressing show. Green, whose family owned Hobby Lobby Company, clashed bitterly with the Obama administration over federal health care laws that required it to cover reproductive services as being investigated by Customs and Border Protection, reportedly for attempting to smuggle as many as 300 Age-old cuneiforms, yeah, that's it. Tablets from Iraq into the United States via Israel, labeling them tiles. It is not clear. Well, they are tiles. It's not clear if the probe centers on Green, the company, or both. The shipment was reportedly addressed to Hobby Lobby headquarters in Oklahoma City. Yes, Hobby Lobby. The Progs hate the Hobby Lobby. <laughs> they hate Hobby Lobby, Chick-fil-A. And they keep running around calling us haters. That's all I see them doing is hating. Haters are going to hate. Drop the microphone. You're right, because you're the hater. This is like going after CEOs because politically or religiously, they disagree with you. It's a great country, isn't it? Is this the America you know, or is it the USS of A? No, I was the first one to call it that. Whoever else called it that, I didn't get it from them. The tablets with the Daily Beast reported of thousands of years old and inscribed with text used in ancient Assyria and Babylonia were seized by agents, custom agents in Memphis, Tennessee in 2011. Now these are fuzzy, these gotta be fuzzy buzzy people breaking ranks because that's information, those tablets have information on nothing but the Quran is allowed to survive. They should have destroyed those tablets. But see, they're not even really following their religion. They're using their, this religion as an excuse to be what they are. Criminals. Brutal criminals. 
But it's like the customs, is this constitutional? Is this agency constitutional? That's why I put this under what regulation. What agency? The customs agency. No. Yes. Maybe. I'll have to think on that. I might be able to find a reason for it under certain section I'm thinking about. I have to relook at that part of the Constitution. It's probably going to turn out to be no. <laughs> but it could be. Because I know because that customs uh, could be port agents, right? Port agent taxes on goods coming in. Who's supposed to do that? The national government. We just covered that. So under that, yes, you could say customs is a is a national federal responsibility. Doesn't have to be, but you it could be because of that one clause. But I got to look it up to be sure. Okay. Well, the other thing is because the FBI is unconstitutional. Well, not their existence per se, but what they do. Yeah, there's nothing in the Constitution about that. Uh, federal police force over the people? No. no. The federal courts aren't even supposed to hear any of these criminal no. cases that they hear. That you know, well, they're federal laws. Well, that, that, that's the problem. They're not federal laws. They're made up because they're not constitutional. See, we're not doing anything to go after ISIS at all. What we're concentrating on is our own people. They would rather go after us than go after ISIS. They think ISIS is doing their work for them. They think just like everyone that worked during the Muslim Islamic Spring, remember that? The one I called winter? I mean, I called, once it became, it came pretty obvious to be fast. It was not a spring, but a winter. Uh, it wasn't, it isn't good for us. It, they think it was good for them. The socialists and the communists were working with the Muslims and they thought they were going to come out on top. And then when it was all done, they didn't. The Muzzies came out on top and they always do. It's their game. They know how to play it much better than we do. You know, they're, they're shouting in the streets in Germany, this is our new tomorrow. I mean, they're marching. There's riots all over the place that nobody's even talking about, Brian. What Why would they? We've got to keep you just not paying attention. Oh, until the uh, muzzy's at my back door and I have to shoot him in the head? No, until they, t they bring a muzzy to your front door and tell him that you have to give him a bedroom. That's when I shoot him both in the head. Maybe, but it'll, it can happen. I would die before allowing these people to do this on my land. You would think people would have died rather than letting all these sludge up south of the border come into our country unmolested, into our neighborhoods. We're, we're just taught not to react to violently to anything, no matter what it is. And we follow, we're very good little law-abiding people. We, the problem is we're following laws that aren't laws. They're not pursuant to law. Statutory law has to be pursuant to actual law. The laws are the constitutions of the states and the national government. And the more you listen to the show, the more you learn about stuff. I try to bring a lot more to the show than just politics, but things things are we are in bad straits. We have to we have to keep pushing. We have to push harder than we have been pushing ever before. We need to speed up the process as much as we can because they're not slowing down. They're speeding up. So we got to keep up. We got to start moving. Until they take our guns, they don't have us. Always remember that. Until they take all our guns, they don't have it. The minute they do, they have us. If we comply. I have a funny feeling that majority of gun owners in the United States of America will be quite happy to empty all their ammo into any federal agents that come up telling them to give me your guns. 
You're going to have to take them from my cold, dead hands. And that's right. What's the sheriff going to do? Arrest you for it? For what? For defending myself? This is my gun, my private property. They came to take my private property away from me without proper due process. If you have, you know, you're supposed to elect your own sheriffs. So if you have sheriffs, make sure you don't elect a doofus who's a statist, all right? An authoritarian. That's not what you think you want that in a, in a sheriff. You don't. You want someone, you know, I think everybody should watch, uh, Mayberry, uh, dun, 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 uh, not Mayberry RFD, although that was good too. Um, the one with Opie. Um, man, I could, I could see. I know, I could. I could see I the black and white images either. in my head I at the can't show. Remember it either? <laughs> uh, the Andy Griffith show. There you go. That was a great show. Watch Andy Griffith. That's what you need. That's what you need for a sheriff. A sheriff that you know keeps the peace without locking people up and wearing a gun and being authoritative. And uh, that that's what that's what our sheriffs used to be back then. It wasn't like they made it up. He was just portraying that a small town sheriff and it was that's how it really was in real life as well now it's completely different i know some of our sheriffs are good sheriff david clark comes to mind most of some of them aren't uh, i know they're now they're trying joe. to re, they're trying to recall sheriff joe right now i know they always are this is like the third attempt <laughs> and i keep asking for money i'm like i i could give you some time on the air but i don't have any money I don't think his people know my people. Come on, you didn't laugh yet? The tablets, which the Daily Beast, <laughs> the name of the periodical alone, a left-wing Daily Beast rag reported, are th thousands of years old. How would you know? Carbon dating? Carbon dating has been shown to be unreliable now. They're questioning the whole accuracy of carbon dating. Stop using carbon dating to tell us how old things are when... It's no longer considered relevant. It, it's wrong. It's been, it's turning out it's wrong. Carbon dating has failed. They're looking into it. That just means they're never going to tell you about it because everything they've been pushing on us to, for social change is based on that, right? So the Daily Beast, left wing rag, thousands of years old texts. Used in ancient Assyria, Babylonia, was seized by custom agents in Memphis, Tennessee, in 2011. But were on their way into Green's collection of the rarest, the most significant biblical texts and artifacts ever assembled, including cuneiform tablets dating back to the time of Abraham, Dead Sea Scroll fragments, biblical papyri and manuscripts, Torah scrolls, and rare printed Bibles. We were uh, cool. That's we, it. I I don't want to see that we, on the internet. We were involved when these Dead Sea Scrolls came out with rabbis on Long Island. Remember when they first came out, or was that the Noahide Laws? Twenty eleven. There. No, no, no. I left it, we I'm, left in nineteen ninety five. I know, but we were involved. I think it was the Noahide Laws. We were Stop involved doing with, that with, the pens. with people that were talking about the Noahide Laws. I remember that. That was back in the 80s. Right. When they first came out. What and about I think, them? And they were talking about the Dead Sea Scrolls at the same time that they found them. Yeah, I know. They, they found all kinds of things. Now they found Thomas, the, the uh, you know, the New Testament 
How do you call it? The this? Book of Thomas. The Book of Thomas. Thank you. We have a copy. Yeah, I haven't read it. Nope. Honest to God, I, I what what could, what's it going to do for me, really? <laughs> Just, uh, I'll, I guess I'll read it one day when I have absolutely nothing else to do. And it just happens to be the only thing I haven't read yet. But I don't need any new stories in the Bible. I mean, uh, it's just not necessary. Of course, though, maybe I should read it because not believing Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, maybe it could convince me. I somehow doubt it. But it's worth a shot. Look, I'd rather believe, but I don't. I, what, are we going to lie about it? All right, some 40,000 historical Christian artifacts and objects are being prepped for display in Green's $400 million, 430,000 square foot, eight-story museum of the Bible, set to open in late 2017, just three blocks from the U.S. Capitol in Washington. My God, I heard three prongs spontaneously combust as I was reading. <laughs> this is how it should be, though. And wait till 2016. It'll be a mass burn, man. <laughs> They'll just be plopping <laughs> off all over the country. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it should be. We The museum should be paid by private people. The Smithsonian yes. should have nothing to do with the I government. Know, and the government should have no business being in the business of telling people what they can and cannot bring into the United States of America. Uh, but, you know, when you buy on the black market, you're doing things criminally, and therefore, you're going to run afoul of government if they find out. The government is doing nothing about ISIS. Nothing. No, no, no. This is Christian stuff. They I have understand to, they have that. to screw up the Christians. That's exactly right. The agenda. <laughs> I, I am what listening. Catch up here. We've got to stop this Bible thing from happening. We can't have a giant Bible <laughs> museum. That'll bring God back, and we'll all have to start believing in God again. Yeah, we have to believe in evil and Satan. Evil and Satan exist whether you believe in them or not. It's like God. <laughs> you can go around ignoring God exists or telling everyone God doesn't exist, think you're superior. Uh, doofus, God exists whether you believe in him or not, and he believes in you whether you like it or not. So, uh, you know, maybe you should take a better, better control of your future, so to speak. You know, take the controls. Don't just leave it on autopilot before you end up in hell. Oh my God, I believe in hell. You know, there's all different ways of believing in hell. One man's hell is another, is another man's ecstasy, right? It just depends on your perspective. Anyway, I, I, I can't believe that. That's so cool. Eight stories. Wow. That's a lot. I've never been to an eight story museum in my life. <laughs> I've been to all the major museums. I've never been to an eight story, even close. This I've been to the Smithsonian. All about the Bible. This is going to drive the Prague's uh, insane. And they put it perfectly. And the atheists especially. In U.S. Capitol, too. <laughs> oh, they did that on purpose. I know. I, I, I'm aware of the person who's involved in it. That was done purposely. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's a th look, there's no separation of church and state. Get over it. It's, it's never existed. It's never stated in the Bible. Go away. We understand that Hobby Lobby is cooperating with the investigation related to certain biblical artifacts, said Museum of the Bible Vice President Stephen Bickley in a statement to foxnews.com. The Museum of the Bible is a separate not-for-profit entity made possible by the generous char charitable contributions of the Green family and others. And with that, this has been the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner, from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening to uncooperativeradio.com. And say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're at it!
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 